0: Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Script. This is your AEW Wrestle Dream post show for October 1st, 2023. I am your host, JD from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your now Monday mornings, wherever you may be. Jesse, on this day, it's so real to me. Everything has come to life. Another chance to chase a dream. Another chance to feel. Another chance to feel alive. Adam Copeland, bro, is all elite. And we have Edge in AEW after what I thought was one of the greatest main events in AEW history and one of the best debuts that you'll ever see, man. What a night. What a show. What a debut. And our boy is now all elite, man. What a
1: night. What a fantastic show, man. I, you know, I, I I love rubbing salt in the wounds of idiots. I do. I Right when Edge debuted, I told you, I went to Twitter and immediately did a search for the phrase, Edge is not going to AEW. And just because I'm the ultimate consummate troll, I went down and replied to about 10 of those. And my God, are they butthurt. They are so mad. Well, they're mad. They're like Phil mad. They're really mad. You you know, you guys wouldn't you guys
0: wouldn't be mad if you watched Tuesday Night Titans on Tuesday. We already broke the news to everybody. And then everybody just kind of uh, let it go by. you. I I don't understand why, man. Andrew Bay broke the news on Tuesday. Where the fuck were you? I don't they get it. Are
1: mad.
0: They oh, are mad, so mad man. Yeah, But listen, man. I I thought I thought you were fucking bullshitting, man. I like I I figured there would be something, but I, I as soon as you told me, I looked it up and I'm like, "What the fuck? Is everybody really that elitist and tribalistic, Bro, man? I, holy shit. They it's are so cancerous. Angry.
1: The first time that the rumors broke that 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 he could be going to AEW, Oh, you guys who think you get everybody's going to AEW, you guys are marked and stupid. Trust me, he is never going to AEW. I, I, I love it. I love it. Bro, Alter Bridge is trending worldwide on social media. I, listen,
0: man, I, it's my fucking favorite band, man. To see that, man, it brings a smile to my fucking face. I love it. Absolutely love it. You, you go look up Alter Bridge, man. Taz is jamming out to Metalingus in his fucking car,
1: man. This is great. This is so fucking good, man. Yeah, there's a bunch of those, too. Even if Edge does go, he's he, he, he's not getting Alter Bridge. I'm like, so, so I didn't even see those. Did they think WWE owns Alter Bridge? Is, is that what they thought?
0: Uh, it's amazing, man. Everybody was like, oh, he's, still, he's, still gonna get, he's not going to get Alter Bridge. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? The, the, the song is off their debut album, One Day Remains. Does WWE own Alter Bridge? Do they do they have a contract with WWE Records? I mean, give me a fucking break, man. Why wouldn't he? All they needed to do was change the intro to the song. That's it. It's basically the same fucking song, the same, you know, the way that he has it is not the actual track. It's not the it's not the way the track is organized. I mean, the way Edge has it is uh the ending of the song, the actual song is the beginning of Edge's theme. So, right. um I don't understand why anybody thought he wouldn't come out to that, man. Everybody was making excuses. Oh, you to come out to someone else. And all these other fucking song recommendations they were giving me. This is the best for him. And I know Jesse and I are going to talk about it. And it's the biggest thing that happened tonight. Um, we are both excited for this. And we are both huge fans of Adam Copeland. And this is what uh, I presume the new era was that Tony Khan was alluding to. He's got Adam Copeland signed to AEW, man. Uh, we'll get into that immediately, uh, but quickly, man. What'd you think of the overall show, man? This was, this was, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna be straightforward with you guys because that's what I do. Uh, and I did talk to Jesse throughout the show. There were some parts of the show that I felt like it dragged, and that's the, that's the norm with AEW pay per views, but. I, I I say, man, you know, as soon as we got to that 930, 10 o'clock hour, man, this pay-per-view hit fucking uh, overdrive, and we were just getting banger after banger after banger after banger, and this, the second half of this pay-per-view was absolutely fucking tremendous.
1: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, um, I disagreed all the way through, because I, I was, I enjoyed the whole show beginning, beginning to end, to be honest, um, the, the one part that, that had that hit a little bit of a low for me, and 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 that only stayed until they got to like second and third gear. Was FTR and RC Open, and I, I only think it started off slow be, um, for them because I felt like that match was kind of in a little bit of a dead spot coming yeah. out of that um that that big like forty seven man tag match because there was a lot of action yeah. that took a lot of the heat from the crowd on that one, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I felt the same way about that. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll bring that up as a topic of discussion in a little bit. Uh, I did feel that same way about FTR and Aussie Open. Not that it was a bad match, because I mean no, no, no. I, I think those two teams day. are incapable of a bad match. It's just yeah. following that six man tag and how everybody was so hot for that six man tag, and mixed with the fact that FTR has been doing open challenges and there's no real heat uh, in anything that they're doing right now. And this match kind of just came about because you know they needed a match for the show and they. Constructed some weird fucking narrative about why this match should take place on the show. Yeah. I, I, there was no heat going into it, so you know you, you bundle all that up into one big bow, one big present wrap yeah. with one big bow. It's it's just going to come back and bite you in the ass.
1: Yeah, and 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 that's what happens when you get a match with with no heat going into it. It's going to start off ice cold, and you're going to have to rely on the storytelling and the ring work of the of the guys in the ring. Which everyone there was capable of doing, and yeah. they did that. It just took them a while to get, you know, into gear and get moving and tell their story, and yeah. and they did just that. And at the end of that match, I was highly entertained, so none of it mattered at the end of the day, so.
0: Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to thank you guys for joining us right here on the podcast. We got 3,100-plus uh, in the stream. I really appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, I see a lot of people saying that this was AEW's best show. I I, I don't agree with that. This is not their best show. Uh, I mean, you can't say that about everything that they do. Uh, I, I do not think that this was better than All In. Uh, I do not think that this was better than Revolution this year um, or uh, in 2021, I believe. Um, this was not their best show. This was not their best show. This was a great show. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. The thing
1: thought- is, yeah, I think it was a really, really good yeah. show. And, and sometimes pay-per-views can fall under the... I mean unless it's just some you know just time breaking mega show pay-per-views have the tendency to fall under the what have you done for me lately category. Yeah. So the newest thing you've seen and if it was great, you know, you want to put it high up on the on the tier list and there's no reason to not put this one up there, man. This was debatably, I would say debatably one of their best shows. It was a really, really, really good show.
0: Yeah, this was a, this was an excellent show, bar none. Uh, top five, you know, we could talk for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, to, top uh, to one of the top shows of their year for sure. Absolutely, It's probably in the top three. Um, but yes, I, I thought they did a fantastic job with tonight's show, and, and there is absolutely a ton. of to like about this show. Uh, I want to start off. Obviously, Edge and everybody's, uh, you know, wanting to talk about Edge and hear us talk about Edge. We'll we'll get to that, and we'll get to the fucking absolutely tremendous main event that was Christian Cage and Darby Allin to close the show for the TNT title. Uh, I want to start off. I want to do things differently today, man.
1: You know, I took that Let's start with Beth Phoenix's tweet. Apparently, Edge left a note on the refrigerator for Beth saying, B, heading to walk the dog, be back in a few. (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's fucking fantastic man that's so good and 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 in the way he blocked it it says aew
0: oh god (laughs) love it man what a fucking troll man so good what a troll Uh, i want to do things a little bit differently man you know uh, normally with these shows uh, i always say the same thing about these these long shows these very wrestling heavy shows I don't think anybody wants to hear us talk about the fucking move-for-move, move, breakdown, sequence-by-sequence sequence, uh, nonsense. Right. So, you know, I, I, feel, I have notes here. I'll look at them when I, when I feel like I need to. But, you know, I just want to sit here and have a topical discussion with Jesse on what we felt about, what we were feeling about the show. Uh, and uh, I, I just kind of I want to go into this just literally off the script. So uh, I want to start off with one thing that I think universally we all can kind of agree with. Swerve Strickland and Adam Page. I felt like this was legitimately the time in the show where it all kind of started to really go up. I, I felt like uh, you know the first I would say the first forty five minutes of the show. I wasn't really feeling it. I don't, it may it may have just been me. Jesse felt otherwise. That's okay. I just wasn't feeling the show. But when Swerve and Adam Page got out there, man, uh, it-, it felt like it-, it felt like legitimately the show was beginning for me anyway. I felt like this was the the time the crowd came alive. I felt like this match had a huge fight feel to it. And I think Seattle is uh, definitely a good reason for that. This was the biggest match, in my honest opinion, the biggest match in Swerve's career, not only in AEW, but probably in his entire wrestling career. This was the match that you're probably going to look at as being the transcending match that takes him to the next level. We all know he's capable of main event. We all know he wrestles like it. We all know he carries himself like it. This match may get him there. I I think after tonight, Jesse, there is no doubt in anybody's mind where Swerve needs to be. It's going to be up to AEW creative to continue that momentum because Swerve tonight put on the best match of his life and he proved to everybody that he could realistically, and I believe he will after tonight, be the first black uh, AEW world champion. No doubt about it.
1: Yeah, the the, the only... The only the only negative I would say to um uh, uh Copeland showing up tonight is that it does kind of put a shadow over um what swerve did in not only this match but this feud with hangman and shout out to hangman and everything he um brought to the table in this feud. But Swerve killed it. Yeah, he killed it. Um I tweeted it out that's a star is born, man. I mean um, it it it's and it, it's all about and this is a lot to do with and this is a lot about pro wrestling. It's all about the stars aligning for you and the way that this feud was built. I mean, some of it um, um, unintentionally with the way that Hangman was booked in AEW from the very beginning of the you know the start of the company um, versus the way Swerve has been booked, which is like we are we. On documenting, you know, saying that it has been like trash. Yeah. Um. It could be so much better. Um. All of the stars are aligning with, 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 with Swerve having enough of being of being held down by a system. With Hangman just cruising in his little boat of, you know, just being protected, and then coming together in Seattle hometown for Swerve. Um, it all felt right. It all felt like a feel good moment. Swerve was the ultimate heel coming in, and Seattle made him feel like the hometown hero. Um, and it all worked, man. It, it it was it was a perfect a perfect aligning of the stars for Swerve to become a big star. And I think it starts right here. Swerve is now ready to hold big gold, man.
0: Yeah, I I truly believe that for sure. After tonight's performance, and he always wrestled like it. In my honest opinion, it was always. It was always the stigma of bad creative that was following him around and he couldn't shake it. He he was always surrounded by people so much less than than he was. And it's like all of these all these men dead weight like you you got a fucking superstar here. And, and, you know, I I know he he takes great pride in what he does and, and what he does in the ring. And I know some of these guys we've documented this time and time before. You know, they don't want to hear that type of negativity because maybe the truth hurts at times. But it was never a, it was never a knock on what he was capable of doing in the ring. You know, we always knew that what we saw tonight was where he was going to go and what he should be doing. And this was a breakout performance for me. There was a report, Jesse, that I, that I talked about on an extra that I uploaded today earlier on the channel. If you guys want to go check that out, some really good stuff in there. There was a report that a lot of the ex-WWE guys find that AEW could be a career downgrade for them. You know, depending on who you talk to, that may be true. Guys like Andrade, Miro, Malachi Black, who have all documented that one point or another, they want to go back to WWE. I don't think that report, Jesse, has anything to do with Swerve because I feel like even if he was still with WWE, I, I don't think that he would be, you know, on the rise that he is now in AEW. I don't think he would be getting the opportunities that he is getting in AEW, and I feel like, A report like that is not uh, in the swerve, um, I would say. It doesn't have anything to do with swerve there. I feel like he is so much better off here. I feel like this is his home. I feel like all the opportunity that he's ever wanted is going to come here. And uh, you're seeing it. And and again, like I said, it's up to AEW Creative to do what they need to do as far as uh, getting him to where he belongs. You
1: know, I, I don't So the way that report. Came out and the way it is that it's worded, yeah, is the is the is the one thing that people are trying to hang on to for some reason, and th- and I think that's just it, the way it's worded, because I don't think there's anyone on the planet that would say that AEW is a bigger wrestling promotion than WWE. No,
0: and I said I said that same thing in the in the video. Like, yeah. I mean, why why is it a downgrade when? Obviously, money is not an issue. Tony Khan's going to pay you yep. just as much as WWE is going to pay you, especially now with the fucking sale. And, and it, it's almost as if the creative that people are thinking the creative is any better over there than it is in AEW. I mean, it's just it's just about the same. It's like,
1: why? Well, 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 I mean, well, that's what I mean. Like, so if if everyone can admit and collectively admit that WWE is the bigger wrestling company, then, I mean, if you want to say that going to AEW from WWE is a downgrade. Well, if we can all admit that WWE is the bigger, larger company, you know, more of a reach, you know, I mean, more viewers weekly and everything else, then yes, statistically and by logic, yes, AEW would be, a downgrade because you're going from a brand that has more reach and is on more television screens and and goes to, to to more countries and cities and everything else to a company that doesn't go to as many. Technically, yes. It's a downgrade. I mean, and it's about your wording though. If I want to say that hey, I'm going to I'm going to downgrade from a Ferrari to a fully loaded Corvette, is it a downgrade? Well, yeah, technically it is a downgrade, but are you suffering? No, no. I mean, it's not, it, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a downgrade, but it doesn't make the downgrade bad. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, if, if you, if you switch one job, you know, from making $500,000 a year to a job making $450,000 a year, it is a downgrade, but are you suffering? No. You know, is this, it, are you just buried? Is it nothing for you? I mean, it's, so it's just, it's just the way the report was worded.
0: Yeah, it's really it's really disgusting, and a lot of people a lot of people are going to make uh, you know uh, a tribalistic thing out of it. And, and I said that like everybody that starts in the industry wants to go to WWE. They want to wrestle at WrestleMania. They want to wrestle any moment. But is wrestling at all in, in front of eighty thousand people such a terrible fucking thing? Like I don't exactly. understand you fucking people.
1: I mean, is it, I mean the way they want to word it and put it and present it like you're downgrading okay i mean so what i'm going from the number one company to the number two company by by logic yes that is a downgrade what is your point here in this particular discussion what are you trying to put across i mean company doesn't suck it's just not as big as the company they're coming from yeah who gives a shit
0: yeah no i i totally agree and oh my god man you guys are fucking crazy Starting October off with fucking fireworks, man. Holy shit. Kirin of Darkness with a $100 super chat. Raging Girl Gamer with a $100 super chat. We got Cam G with a $100 super chat. My guy Bori got Skills with a $200 super chat. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, we will read all of your Super Chats at the end of the show. Uh, I want to thank you guys for getting in those bombs. I love the energy already, man. I'm so happy that you guys are happy and excited that Adam Copeland is in AEW. And I promise Jesse and I will get to all of your Super Chats. So sit back, pop open a beverage, make sure it's cold, and enjoy the show, man. Jesse, I absolutely 100% agree with you. Uh, It it was uh, definitely worded poorly, and um, it it definitely was going to set off. It was all Meltzer, by the way. Meltzer said that, and then uh, the dirt sheets picked it up, and it's only going to rile up the tribalistic fucking attitude in the IWC on on Twitter, so it was really disgusting. But, you know, I, I do feel like some people are unhappy there because of the lack of television time that they've gotten, but guys like Swerve, my point was that you know, he's breaking through the ceiling. He's doing well. I do think that this is better off for him than, you know, people continuing to say, oh, he should be, you know, elsewhere. But uh, what, what he proved tonight was that he is certainly on his way to the top. The one negative about the match, Jesse, it was a great wrestling match. Uh, the crowd was into it. Uh, Adam Page, you you mentioned to me, and then I started picking up on you know the little nuances from Adam Page. You you mentioned that you know he should definitely, with the crowd reaction so pro to swerve, that Adam Page should really be working a heel style. That was the only part I was slightly disappointed about in that match, Jesse, because I felt like Adam Page could have really turned on working the heel style a little bit more than he did. He tried to embellish a little bit, he tried to play up to the crowd a little bit, but to me, it wasn't enough. And I do think that if it was uh, somebody else in that moment, like, and I don't want to mention him here because he's not with the company anymore, but Punk, Punk was always great about playing up to the fucking, you know, rival crowd that he was in front of and healing it up. I just wish Page would have healed it up a little bit more. I think it would have made the match a little uh, better off as far as uh, his presentation.
1: Yeah, I-, I agree. They They definitely... So they definitely worked a um, heel babyface dynamic in reverse to, to their actual gimmicks, you know, because Swerve is the heel coming in. But Swerve took a significant amount of the heat, you know, and, and Paige was, you know, giving it to him and everything else. And I could agree with that. In that time that that where Paige worked on top for most of the match, he could have healed it up, you know, for the crowd and, and, and you know, to get... Um, to get Swerve's comeback spot, you know, a little bit more juice, you know, I, I, he definitely could have, uh, worked a little bit more, because the crowd was all over him, man. They was all over him, so they, he could have, he could have taunted them a little bit more, sure, you know, um, they did work a heel-face dynamic in reverse, you know, but, yeah, I, I, I can agree to that. Paige definitely could have, um, could have, uh, it up a little bit more for that match.
0: You know, can we can we shout out Prince Nana for for a second? You know, the, the, so the, fucking. You good. know, <laughs> and, and listen, I'm not I'm not even I'm not even joking either. You know, I, I wasn't a big fan of Swerve's theme. I just didn't think it was impactful. And I said this to Jesse uh, tonight during the show via text. You know, Prince Nana has actually made Swerve's theme song uh, uh, a banger. Honestly, with with his with his presentation and the way he comes out doing the whole dance and, and uh, his whole act out there. I mean, it's taken the whole Swerve package and kind of somehow enhanced it. Jesse with just that little thing that he does outside of, of the ring when when Swerve is you know about to get in the ring, he's doing his little dance and his shuckle out there. I mean, something so simple has kind of made all the difference in Swerve's presentation on television.
1: Yeah, I was I was always a fan of um of uh, Swerve's interest. I, I I was digging that beat. Um, but i like the whole different dynamic that nana brings too you know he nana brings a little bit of levity which if you if you watch swerve long enough you know he he's got that he's got that little bit of 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 i don't want to say comic relief but he can be he can be funny at times you know when he wants to in his yeah. promos but with nana there he doesn't have to he's all fucking business and nana can be the fun in games and Look how the, look how Nana had the crowd moving for Swerve. Yeah. You know, that, that gives Swerve the ability to, to get the crowd moving without being so fucking animated. He can still go out there and just be the fucking the beast that he is. He's the fucking mogul, man. And he, I like the other night where he calls the fucking shots, where he wanted to go out there to this contract signing and be all about business. Yeah. So he told Nana to shut that shit down. Not yeah. tonight. Not tonight. I like that. Oh, I like everything about that shit. Yeah. I, I love it.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just common sense. It's common logic. You know, there's a time for fun in games. This is not time for fun. This is this is, you know, serious. So, you yep. know, it's just played into uh, how important this match was because you know he did say that he wants Page a spot. He came for Paige's spot, he beat Paige tonight. Theoretically, he got Page a spot. Now we he, he should uh gain a little bit more momentum and really be rewarded for uh winning over Adam Page tonight. So uh yes, yes. I absolutely love that myself. Uh, as far as the match uh, is concerned, I thought it was probably the best match that Adam Page has wrestled all year. Easily, number one, number two, it was probably the most important match in Swerve's career, and yes. the end. The ending was very good. I didn't. I didn't know what exactly was going on with the ending, but Hangman actually landed a buckshot lariat on Swerve. He started clutching the arm because that was the story of the match, uh, yes. and, and he was in pain. And he worked off of several of Swerve's armbar submission. So that's where the the buckshot Larry came into play. He hit it, but he wasn't uh, well enough to make the cover there. So by the time he crawled over and made the cover, Nana actually put Swerve's leg on the bottom row, but the referee actually saw it all go down. The referee sent him to the back and kicked Nana out of the ringside area. Hangman turns his back on Swerve and starts cursing at Nana. Nana retreated. Hangman then set up for another buckshot. Nana ran back to the ring to yell at the ref, which distracted the ref. But all the while, before Nana actually vacated the ringside area, he threw Swerve uh, a, a gimmicked uh, looked like a scarf or or, a, or something, uh, something that he pulled off his head because of his uh, crown, his crown. Yeah, and he leaned back on Hangman for uh, a, a two count after that spot. Swerve seen this, picked it up, and he nailed. The crown right to Page's head. Uh, two leaping sidekicks followed by a JML driver. And that was enough to get uh, Swerve the victory here. So uh, excellent match. The ending played into the fact that you know not only does Swerve want Page's spot, he will do anything, and I mean anything, to get that spot. And that's what the story of the match was here tonight. Afterward, uh, afterwards, Swerve's music played, uh, and all of the Mogul Embassy joined Swerve on the ramp to celebrate. Excellent stuff. And I'm very happy to see what he continues to do on AEW television, if the creative side of things allows him to continue
1: continue to ascend. But now, but now we have a problem with Swerve going forward. What's that? Because this guy needs gold around his waist yeah. after tonight's performance.
0: I see. I, I have already seen people say on Twitter, "Oh, Swerve should beat MJF." No, he's not, no, not, not. Not 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 yet. No, not now. He's not ready to be I, I, And please but, don't misconstrue no. what I said. I, I'm saying not now. I'm not saying that he yeah. can't. I'm just saying no, not so. now. It doesn't call for it.
1: Yeah. So now, so now the problem is, you need to get gold around Swerve's waist, and these mid card titles are, are are not enough. He's already above that shit now. So now they have to keep him hot, yeah. While they keep him away from Max. That's and the I, key. I think that's going to be a problem. That's the case. If they, if they thrust him right into Max, now he's got to take an L from that one. And then they're going to try to, you know, keep his momentum going from that. Um, I would like to keep him away from Max until it's time to take the title off of him. I mean, where, do you,
0: where, where do you even go, Jesse? To make, to make a logical guesstimation here, he beat Adam Page. Uh, you know, Kenny is uh, tied up with uh, Don Callis. FTR is going to be taking on the Bucs. You now what else is there for Swerve to do? He can't be doing anything else with the Elite. Where does he go? I mean, what's the what's the right direction for him? Do we put him against Ray Phoenix and have him take the International Championship? I, I don't I don't know what you do. I mean, some people in the chat are saying he's kind of dry without gold. I mean, that's kind of an unfair assessment because you don't want to really say that because then you're taking away from Swerve's uh, character work, and
1: you don't, you don't you don't really want to do that. But well, where, but where, but an, where does he go? I don't think that's an insult. I, I I think saying he's dry without gold right now, meaning that. He's so hot. He, he should have some gold around him, is what, yeah. is what they're trying to say. Like, he, he should have some top gold around him, and it's, 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 it's just not the right time for Max to lose. Um, in a perfect world, I know he's tied up, but in a perfect world, after beating Hangman, I would like to see um, Swerve go off and then beat Kenny Omega.
0: I, I mean, I like to, I'd like to see that myself. I do. You know, on one hand, I hope, and this is, it all sounds good. You know, whatever Jesse and I are talking about, it all sounds good. They should do this, and we're excited for Swerve, and he's a great fucking talent, and he's a world champion caliber pro wrestler. Great. It all sounds great. But, you know, time and time and time again, what has AEW done when we've said the same thing about Wardlow and Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks and everybody else that they tried to push and then seemingly just Keith Lee and seemingly just forgot, Jesse, you know, it's like, it's, 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 it's tough to really yeah. trust, you know, that they're going to do the right thing because how many times before have they failed at doing the right thing?
1: And and, and that's where you get weary and you got to yeah. start to get worried. You know, it, he's, I mean, you got to find a way to keep him hot. You don't want him to fizzle out, but you don't want him to have him just burn through straight to the top to put him in a few with max and then have him lose. And then I, I'm worried that he just kind of, be forgotten about at that point. Yeah. So I, I think it's key to keep him in hot feuds. Um I saw someone asking what do I mean by he's above the mid-card titles. I feel like the mid-card titles are tossed around and thrown around so much that they've all lost value. I feel like the I saw people saying and I 100% agree with this, the match with with Swerve and Hangman tonight felt like a big match main event. Yeah. You know? And there is no mid-card title right now that would fit as far as being a a big match main event. I mean, I know we had the the match tonight with the TNT title, but the story in that title, the story in that match is what carried that, that match, the the match tonight. It, It was the, it was the, the feud and the story behind it and everything else. Yeah. Um, The title of being on the line. Great. That justifies it being in the main event, but that title has been, you know, tossed around lately. Right now, it feels like Swerve is on par to win a title that is that has some some relevancy, so, so something that has some value behind it. And all these other titles are just being passed around like it's a joke, man. Um, MJF is holding the, the real, real title right now, so it seems like Swerve should be in the conversation to be honest, to be in a match with MJF for the world title. I mean, that that seems to be the logical trajectory right now for him. I just don't want him to—I don't, I don't want to see him lose that match, though.
0: Yeah, and, and, I'm, and nobody's ready to see Max drop the title uh, anytime soon. Uh, it's not time yet. You would know if it is. It's not time yet. I see, I see some people in the chat saying that a rematch with Adam Page could be where they go next. That's great. I mean, I don't mind the second match, and this could really kind of bring out the animal— In Adam Page, you know, he was kind of lackadaisical, and he was everything that Swerve was saying. He took everything for granted. Now Swerve kind of woke up the beast from within. Possibly that's the story in which they could go. But then again, at that point, what are you going to do? You're going to risk 50-50 booking, or you're going to give Swerve the fucking dominant victory, go 2-0 over over Page, this time
1: clean, and settle the score, and then move him on? Because I don't mind the
0: second match as long as they do the right fucking thing
1: again. That would have to be that would have to be the outcome. I mean, yeah. it was it was a it was a fucked finish. So yeah, I mean, if we do another one, it needs to be a straight up match. Put him in a cage, whatever, whatever. Um, but he needs to go over clean the sw- the swerve. Yeah. Yeah. But that but at that point, after that, now I'm really ready to put him in a world title match. Though I mean, yeah. So
0: well, I mean, at that point, we may be ready. Who the fuck knows where MJF goes with his storyline, and that's where we're gonna go next because I want to talk about MJF alone tonight defending the ring of honor tag team championships against Dutch and Vincent of the righteous. And we talked about the masked man, the devil that showed up at the end of Dynamite. Jesse and I really went deep into it on Wednesday night. Go and check it out if you missed that live stream. Excellent stuff from both of us there. Really great discussion. Surprisingly, Jesse, there was really nothing made about the mask or the attack. They showed a replay of it. Max brought it up on a pre-match promo before he got in the ring and wrestled and said somebody went into his locker room and stole his mask. And he said that he was not the man underneath the devil mask. That's all we got. We got a tag team match, which was a handicap match here, two-on-one for the tag team titles. Max went in there, 10 minutes, and he beat both Vincent and Dutch in The Righteous, and he retained the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Now, I love the fact that Max is so entertaining and I love the fact that he took another basic fundamental wrestling move in a body slam, put it over big by yeah. hyping it up in the pre-match promo saying that he was going to slam Fat Boy Dutch, and body slam him in the middle of the ring and then retain the tag team championships. I love that they did that, Jesse, because coming into this thing, believe it or not, you know, you know, Max may say otherwise and, you know, other AEW elitists may say otherwise. But the match at the end of the day had no fucking heat. Let's be real. The match had no heat. That's not taking anything away from MJF. That's not taking anything away from what he does in the ring. The match legitimately had no heat. The, the the Righteous won this battle, this fatal four-way, whatever the fuck it is, Battle Royal. I don't know what the fuck it was. I don't even remember. It happened on Rampage. And they got a tag team championship opportunity. A lot of people were complaining that Max should be defending the world championship. Fine. If you want to think that, fine. But, you know, Jesse and I have talked about uh, Max in the world championship. He's defended the title against Adam Cole at Wembley. He's defended the title against Samoa Joe at Grand Slam. Why do you want Max to defend the fucking title in a nothing match in a nothing feed with no story behind it? Because it's a pay per view. They are fortunate that they have the Ring of Honor tag team championships to focus on here and yeah. the, and make the story come front and center. So I don't really mind it for a, a show like this. He no. got he got the body slam over. He, he made a 10-minute match out of it. It was entertaining as fuck, and we moved the fuck on. But I know a lot of people were disappointed that we didn't get any follow-up
1: to the masked man and the attack on Jay White on Dynamite. Well, so two things here. This this match with MJF and The Righteous was fucked um, because of the freak injury to Adam Cole. Yeah. So, so that's why we got the handicap match. So clearly um, Cole and Max were due to go over in that match. Um, they just wanted to probably just get out of this match without having to change any long-term plans right now. And so they just had Max go over on these guys. I mean, just to get out of it and move on. Max does not have to defend the title at every fucking pay-per-view. No. Roman Reigns has not been on TV in about seven or eight years. I mean, what, what is Max is here. I mean, he's got a microphone. If Max is on my TV with a microphone in his hand, I don't want to hear any complaining. I don't care what he's doing. Nor if should Max you be complaining. TV with he's a on microphone. TV. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He's on TV with a mic. He could be sitting at home waiting for the next pay per view to defend the title, but instead he's on TV with a mic in his hand, still somehow pulling off this baby face gimmick. And the fans are eating it up.
0: It. The fans are eating it up. He's getting yeah. fucking body slams over. He's getting double clotheslines over. He's getting fucking kangaroo kicks over. Yeah. I mean, we're not even we're not even wrestling the Aussies. He's still doing a fucking kangaroo kick, and the fans are eating it up. That that's Jeez. great shit. So when right. Mac when Max says, "Have they ever booed or had, ever been disappointed during one of my matches?" No, the answer is no. It doesn't matter who the fuck he wrestles. He could wrestle a fucking Victoria's Secret mannequin. He's going to get the fucking match over. It doesn't matter. But the thing is, people like to complain because he is at a level where he's the world champion. People are going to compare him to the likes of Roman Reigns, and he should be defending the championship. I don't really think so because story trumps everything else that's going on right now, and Max has put in the work with that world championship. Nobody should be complaining.
1: No, when, when, Max, when Max is involved in a title feud with some build, yeah. then he will defend the world title at a pay-per-view, period. We're not just going to throw him in a title match because a pay-per-view is upon us, and he needs to defend it. No. If anything, if you want to go that route, if anything, he just needs to be on the show. And he was. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the only problem, listen, uh, you know, I, I have to call shit out because that's what I do. Uh, the only problem... That I had with this match. was entertaining. Max got the match over. He went in there, in and out. Boom, boom, boom. Ten minutes. He retains the tag team championships. The only problem that I have with this, Jesse, is Vincent and Dutch. They could not beat a single MJF. Now, MJF is the world champion. Obviously, you know, with that, he is the face of the company. He is the best on the roster. That's why he's the world champion. But in any situation, you know, I have to call it out. Because if it was WWE, I would do the same thing. Two guys can't beat one guy. It does make them look less than. I don't know what the future holds for the righteous. I don't know what plans Tony Khan has for the righteous. Apparently, you know, they have uh, garnered a little bit of fanfare. People like their presentation. People like their shtick. But them losing this match two-on-one, Jesse, it it does fall into the realm of illogical booking. And, I mean, that's just kind of staring you right in the face,
1: even though MJF is as great as he is. Well, at at times, we've had... The world tag champs you know in a promotion facing the world champion and the world champion would go over and we would call that as bullshit because these are the damn tag champions yeah the righteous is very new to 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 tv yeah to to the tv audience guys i know the righteous is not new please don't start with me but so yes, if Jesse's want-
0: correct. They're new to AEW television. They haven't gotten a video package or anything. I mean, they're involved now with the MJF story because of the vignette that they cut on Wednesday, but they're, they're not an integral part of the
1: show. Correct. Correct. Now would, um, with that being said, with them being very new to TV, meaning they have no real flat out, you know, big momentum behind them. Um, I didn't mind it as much. Now we were, putting mjf in the ring against a a, you know a bona fide you know tv tag team if i'm putting mjf in the ring against the bucks mjf cannot beat the bucks by himself that just can't happen logistically um but for all intents and purposes it would be safe to call the righteous um low on the tag team rung as it stands now i know that the righteous is a fantastic tag team guy so again don't start with me here but if we're gonna build them up to be a top-tier tag team on TV, that's fine. And we can start doing that from this point going forward. But I don't think this was a, a step down or 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 an unbelievable win per se because the tag team that he beat was very low on their tag team totem pole per se.
0: Yeah, and uh the ending, MJF actually took a leverage pin. Uh, He gave Vincent and Dutch the kangaroo kick when they turned around. He he followed with a heat seeker on Dutch, and then he put his feet on the ropes for a leverage pin. So, you know, that ending was uh, manipulated that way to protect both men of the righteous and MJF cheated to win because he was in a two-on-one situation and he knew he had to get out of there with the tag team title. So he did whatever he had to do. So, yes, there are ways around where they protected them, but I could see why people would complain.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I get it. I At the end of the day, I get it. I'm just trying to um, find some kind of, you know, shining spot in this two-on-one handicap match lose. I'm trying to look at it as the Righteous not being buried because I do personally feel like the Righteous is going to be in for a nice little push in AEW, and I like the Righteous. I think they can get up there in in the tag team division. So going forward, I don't think they're buried. I just think this was a, an unfortunate spot because Adam Cole got an injury. Yeah. And they'll fix it going forward. I think the Righteous is going to be in for a fantastic push. I think they'll be very, very, very fine going forward from this. Quarter. Yeah, I,
0: I, think, I think Jesse's assessment is correct. Now, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships and MJF holding the World Championship, you know, the, the titles are going to play a factor in, into the story that is MJF and Adam Cole. Uh, they're not terribly important. And I don't really give a shit what people think of Ring of Honor. The, the whole brand is not important. Nothing on that show resonates as important. So if, and I'm saying if, if Adam Cole is legit hurt, because I'm still predicting, this is my personal opinion that he's uh, working everybody. Uh, if he is hurt, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships don't really mean much of anything where you know, they could still be involved here until Cole gets back, Jesse. I mean, it's not really a detriment to the company where those titles have to be defended on a regular basis. They could probably wait the three, four months for Cole to get back and then, you know, continue the story. It's just right now that they they put a stop to it if he's hurt uh, because of the injury to Cole.
1: Yeah, no, and and these titles, I know they're not on, you know, a legitimate actual tag team, but we have two things working um, for them to stay on where they are and that is one that are the Ring of Honor tag team titles. And like you just said Ring of Honor is not doing anything big at this moment. No. They're not the AEW tag team titles. Two, it gives it gives them something to do with MJF, you know, and Adam Cole, you know, when he's healthy that does not involve the world title. It gets them time it, basically, it lets them keep MJF as champion without having him burn through the whole damn roster.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so now they just had him on a pay-per-view, you know, at All Out, defending the ROH titles. He's on the pay-per-view. He has, you know, he, he he's wrestling for a reason. It's not just a random match. He had to defend the ROH tag team titles. You know, so this pay-per-view, he was supposed to defend them again. And, well, he did, you know, but with Adam Cole. It gives, it gave, it gave MJF a couple of different storylines at one time. And I do like that because in time that could lead to the demise of MJF, you know, sort of in the way that it did with Orange Cassidy. He defended that damn title way too much and he got worn down and he got beat and he finally got pinned and that's how he lost. Well, that could be the same thing happened here with MJF. He's trying to do too many damn things at one time, trying to be the superhero, Someone takes advantage of that, you know, catch some slipping and boom, lost the damn title. Yeah. So it serves a purpose. It just not may not be for what you would want. But who are we kidding? Those are tag team titles weren't doing shit anyway.
0: No, no. And uh, you are correct in that. You don't want him blowing through the entire roster to defend that world championship. And uh, I, I like the current trajectory of where they're going with uh, with MJF. And like I said, it's fortunate that he is one half of the tag team champions the more MJF is on TV, the better for us. The more MJF's on TV, the better for Dynamite and Collision, whichever show he's on. So there's no problems here. I, I, you know that, I, I did have to address it because I've seen people complaining about it in my thread on Twitter. So uh, it, I don't think it's that, it's that big of a deal, but you, know, it is something that I know a lot of fans uh, typically want to bitch and moan about. Uh, the other thing we're going to go into now is what I thought Jesse was her best match to date in AEW and that is that is Julia Hart now I've I seen a lot of people complaining on social media I think one one fucking I seen a couple of videos man made about me where you know they took what I said about Jade out of context and they don't understand why I said what I said about Jade and they don't understand why it's my opinion and, and then they tagged this one on top of it Jesse they said Well, if this was Julia Hart, J.D. would never be saying that about Julia Hart, trying to make it about, uh, you know, a racism thing. Julia Hart, you and I, Jesse, and you you specifically have been on Julia Hart's side and on the Julia Hart bandwagon for a very long time. And you and I have since since A.W. Dark, since Jesse was covering Dark on his YouTube channel. He used to do a weekly review and she has notably gotten better. And to me, this match with Statlander, not to take it anywhere from Statlander, because she she carried this match very well. She she brought a great match out of Julia. Julia held her own in there. This was the best performance by Julia Hart, a breakout performance by Julia Hart that we've seen so far in her young AEW run. This is all coming together for her, man. She's got the character work down. She's got the entrance. She's got the fucking beautiful theme. She's got the whole yeah. thing going on. All she needs to do is tighten up the in-ring work, man. We may be looking at, you know, our next AW Women's Champion at some point in the next few years here.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like it. And, you know, I like that um, I was already enjoying the match as it was, you know, happening. And then, you know, I saw the um, I saw the imperfections in the match and I looked at it like, oh, fuck, come on, come on. I hope she can bounce back from that. And she did. I, 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 I appreciate the fact that people are calling this, you know, her best match, if not one of our best matches, and it's and it had that imperfection in it, you know, and she was still able to, you know, chill, relax, bounce back, and get back in the groove. Her and Stat worked very fucking well together, man. Yeah. yeah. And and if if you guys break down Julia Hart's match, it's it's, it's kind of like you know exactly how I've been saying. She's not trying to do too much. She learns what she she learns what she wants to do, and she and she perfects that. But then she works a slow, methodical style, and she plays within her character, and all her moves make sense. And it, it just, when at the end of the day, it just comes off as she's she's this mean witch, and and she and she will do what she wants to do when she's ready to do it in a methodical way, more like a cerebral way, as when Chris Statlander is working a more powerful style and trying to out, you know, you know, strong armor and shit like that. Their dynamic worked very fucking well together, man. Yeah. I'm very proud of both of these women, man, because I've been on the Chris Statlander hype train for a long fucking time. That injury, her last injury was that was terrible, man. That was the worst timing for her. The absolute worst. But um, I'll give it up to TK for having the patience um to wait for her to come back to have her take uh Jade's throne because it looked like she was scheduled to take it a while back. And Same for Julia Hart, man. I remember when she started, she was so green. Um, She was green like a lot of the women on Dark, and and the fact that those women are still at that level, and Julia is now up to the level where she is right now, I'm very proud to have called her matches on Dark, and it's good to see her make to where she is. And, yeah, I think she is going to be a women's champion very soon in AEW. Now, wh- what
0: do you, what do you mean by imperfections? What what was the imperfection that you seen in the match? Because the, the, well, the, well, the, well, the only thing that I've seen uh, or I saw tonight personally was the fact that, you know, there might be a little bit of miscommunication, you know, dancing in the ring there, trying to set up for the next spot and going into the next sequence. But that's the only that's the only thing that I really kind of picked up on. What, what did you see as an imperfection?
1: She 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 kind of stumbled and tripped on a senton bomb she was trying to drop. Because she tripped, she's tripped over stat and she was trying to go for like it was like that uh, like the Samoa Joe sit-on. Yeah, 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 and she kind of tripped and over it and came back, and it, it wasn't it wasn't the best of looking um spots, but again, she didn't let it get her down. She got right back into the groove of it, and the match still came off as a banger. But that's what I mean, though. She's not perfect in the ring by any means, but my god, is she improving? And I, I compare it to and you didn't, you didn't believe me then, but I'm gonna say it again. I, I, I compare it to, um, um, what's the name? Um, um, Marina Shafir. When she started in AEW, man, she, yeah, she was really, really bad, man. I mean, there's, there's just no sugar coating it. I'm sorry. But the last time I saw Marina Shafir work, she had that same mentality of she works now a slow and methodical style she she uses her gimmick to dictate her moves, and the way that she works now it didn't come off as bad and as cringe as she did as it as it did when she started yeah and I kind of hope that they would have kept pushing her and kept going to see how far she can go with it but same thing for Julia Hart though I mean she's not out there trying to learn 20 new moves at a time and then botching it no she'll get a couple down packed. And she'll work slow, methodically, and work within her gimmick to make it all make sense in the ring. She's telling a story as opposed to trying to put on a five-star match, which is what you're supposed to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I mean, it's also it's also great when you got Brody King, Malachi Black, and Buddy Matthews to fucking learn off of who, who yes. you know, Buddy Matthews is one of the best pro wrestlers on the face of the planet. I've I've said it for years. Malachi, you know, he works that that slow methodical style, but also can ramp it up when he needs to, depending on the opponents. You want him to fly, he'll fly. You want him to fucking get in there and work a fast-paced match, he's going to work a fast-paced match. Brody King has that slow, methodical style. So, you know, he was out there with Julia Hart. I could see him kind of lending his, uh, his knowledge and advice to Julia, and, and she's really been picking up on that, and it's kind of transitioning into what she's bringing to the table in that ring. So it's a beautiful thing to see. And Jesse and I, I've always said this for years, we watched NXT Black and Gold on the WWE Network on Wednesdays, when it was that one hour. The one thing that we loved about the show is watching all of the, the PC talent and all of the talent that run through the NXT system grow and mature, working from full sale and making it to a takeover. You just see night and day, year after year, how much better they've gotten. And that's the that's the kind of journey we've been at we've been on with Julia Hart. She's not even at that takeover level yet, but she's certainly on her way there, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, man. You know, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's good to see. Um, you know, she she. I, I like I like seeing her come out with you know with the House of Black I don't know what's going on with Buddy. I know I, you know I heard Malachi, you know, uh um suffered an injury, but um not sure what's going on with, with Buddy Matthews, but Brody King coming out with Julia Hart, it's it's just it it works. You know, she's very small in stature and things like that. So when she gets in the ring with the with the bigger women and women with with um, you know, with crews and out there, you know, with factions and shit, you know, Brody King standing out there with her, and I mean, that just nullifies all that extra bullshit. No one's gonna do fucking anything to her while Brody King is standing out there on the outside. I love the di- yeah. I love the whole dynamic.
0: Yeah, uh, Julia Hart came close to winning the title, but Statlander retains the TBS title. Uh, Julia applied her heartless submission hold. Uh, that was after there was a spot where Statlander kind of. I guess uh, weaseled into position there where Julia went up top for a moonsault. She scored a near fall uh, off the moonsault. Statlander grabbed the bottom rope for a two count and broke the hold. So uh, she put her uh, her foot or her boot on the bottom rope. Julia then applied her submission hold. Statlander stood out of it, hoisted Julia up into position for a tombstone, and then she landed Sunday Night Fever for the win. And that ended Julia Hart's 28-match win streak. Statlander goes to 15-0 and 0 in 2023. Jesse, do you, do you care to tell everybody what you said on Wednesday in regards to what AEW should be doing with Chris Statlander and what she actually said on Collision this past Saturday? Almost as if they're watching our fucking
1: podcast, bro. Almost as if. And, you know, I, I can appreciate it. And I think it's going to um, help take Chris Statlander to the next level. But yeah, I on this on this show, you know, on Wednesday, I said that if Jade is gonna, you know, leave AEW and pop on over in WWE, and the last thing that she did was put over and hats off to Jade because she did just that. She put over Chris Statlander not once but twice before she left. Jade was walking around AEW as that bitch, Miss Undefeated, no one can beat her. Chris Statlander did it twice. That needs to be brought up. That mojo needs to be carried. That is a lot of investment you put into Jade that Jade has so kindly given to Chris Statlander. So they need to play that up. They need to come out and make sure that she says and reminds people that she is the one that beat Jade Cargill and everything else, especially since Jade is going to be out there in WWE being presented as this unstoppable killer. Chris Statlander should be like, hey, I beat her. And sure enough, on on collision the other day, Chris Ballinger came out there with a live microphone in front of the camera and said, don't forget, I'm the one that defeated the undefeated. And I'm like, I was I was sitting there watching it. I'm like, boom. Thank you. Thank you. Who, who, over, there, who over there is watching the show, man? i love to know, man. You, you're taking up.
0: pointers over here from OTS. I love it.
1: Keep that up. Keep that up. Put Chris on a fucking tear. You know, they brought up the fact that she's six, 15-0 and 0 in 2023. Good. Now, now we're talking streaks. I'm the one that defeated the undefeated. There we go. Good. Now, as Jay gets over there and starts becoming this super monster, bring Chris Statlander out there every week. Um, yeah. I don't know who's over there doing whatever, but I'm beating everybody, including those talking about how they're undefeated. Keep that energy going. If you ever turn Chris Statlander heel, which probably would not be a terrible idea, that, that that mentioning would even magnify and get even more intense about how she's unbeatable. She's already taken down the queen, who one who thought she was the queen. Use it. Use it. All of them wins that all these women laid down for Jade can't just walk out of the window because Jade is gone. Chris Statlander holds that momentum and holds that mojo. Use it. Use it for her.
0: Shit, I'd be wearing that shit around my fucking neck, man, as a right. symbol a of uh, t-shirt fucking out of my it. final, yes. my, my greatest kill. You know, it's like, you know, when uh, someone wears dog tags from someone of a fallen fucking soldier man on the battlefield, that's what Jay should be doing wearing the blood what? of Jade around her fucking neck, you know? You, sh- you should
1: be. T shirt, all of it. You know, it's Chris needs to be your new Jade. Essentially, Chris needs to be your new Jade. I think she has it in her. I know she can work that style in the ring. If it's not working as a baby face, I get it, but I know it'll work as a heel. So just make sure you keep her momentum going, and you have a star right there in Chris Statlander that you invested into Jay Cargill. So you're not, you're not losing anything as long as you keep Chris Statlander fresh and and, and strong. Please keep her strong.
0: Uh, is she really 15-0 is what I want to know. Has she wrestled 15 matches this year? Maybe with
1: the fucking open challenges that she does, right? Probably but between, I mean, between Rampage and Collision yeah. and Dynamite, probably. yeah.
0: You know. uh, great match. Uh, the lone women's match on the show. Good stuff from both women. Love to see uh, a little bit more out of that TBS championship as far as story, but uh, uh, I won't hold my breath for that one. Uh, Eddie Kingston defeated Katsura Shibata to retain the Ring of Honor World and New Japan strong titles. Uh, this was a hard-hitting match, as you would expect, between Shibata and Eddie Kingston. Uh, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I didn't really care for the match itself and what it meant, uh, but this is something that Eddie Kingston wanted. We all love Eddie Kingston. He wants it. He's going to get it. He's deserved it. He's earned it. Uh, hard-hitting match here, Jesse. He went about 10 minutes or so. Clearly, this was put on the show because Kingston wanted Shibata, and obviously, this is uh, a match that uh, Tony Khan thought would pay homage and uh, a great tribute to uh, Antonio Inoki, And Eddie Kingston wins here in about 10 minutes. They went back and forth with some spinning back fists. And it was a really hard-hitting affair. Uh, Shibata hit a ripcord shop into a a cobra twist. Shibata switched to an octopus hold, and Kingston then collapsed. He nearly faded, but he got to the ropes to break the hold. Spinning back fists until Shibata charged with a punt kick uh, into uh, the corner. Striking battle here between both guys. Kingston hit his back fist and then Shibata kicked out at a one. Northern Lights bomb connected another back fist and then a high stack power bomb to get Kingston the one, two, three. After the end of the match, Kingston raised Shibata's hand and put him over and left him in the ring to basically uh give him his spotlight in the ring. Decent match, Jesse. I just, you know, honestly, I just didn't really care about what the story was here or why this match was happening, but. You gotta love Eddie Kingston. Anytime, anytime, anytime Eddie Kingston's on TV, it's always good, good shit.
1: It is, and I, I like the placement of this match. Yeah. You know, get get it out there nice and early because basically it was you know no real story in it. It was just watching you know two good wrestlers go out there and have a good wrestling match for a title. Yeah, and get it out of the way early. The match was not bad. Like I said, it was just no heat going into it, but um for me it felt it felt more like a it felt like a pre-show match and that as same for the mjf you know handicap match you Now the first two matches really felt like pre-show matches but yeah. um, which is fine they got him in early got him out of the way and then the hard-hitting stuff the stuff with the storylines and the longer matches they came after it so this match was not offensive to me that's why at this point of the show i was still enjoying the show like oh, i'm still enjoying the show it's a really good show yeah Uh, We go from that to the
0: tag team title opportunity. Fatal four-way here. Winner of this match gets a future shot at FTR or Aussie Open. This was before the tag team title match happened uh, later on in the night. This happened earlier. Uh, Obviously, now we know FTR are still the tag team champions. The Young Bucks. We got the Lucha Brothers, Orange Cassidy and Hook. And then we have the Guns, Austin and Colton Gunn. Uh, Obviously, uh, the Bucks... Everybody hates the Bucs. Everybody's complaining about the Bucks. They have the Ring of Honor six-man tag team championships. And after tonight, they will be getting a future AEW tag team championship match against FTR, probably in Los Angeles when AEW holds full gear at the end of November. Uh, they get the future tag team title shot, Jesse. But the bigger story in this match was that Ray Phoenix... Basically uh was out all of the match and left Penta in there basically the entire match by himself. He came out with a heavily taped shoulder. And uh it looks like Ray Phoenix is legitimately hurt as the international champion. And that was the bigger story than the Bucks winning this match, which I kind of I kind of feel like everybody kind of knew they were gonna win this match at the end of it, just seeing what was going on uh with the tag team uh situation at AEW.
1: Yeah, I mean I I did as well. I mean, I really don't see what I mean, the big deal is but I mean, the crowd was into the match. I mean, it's not like they were getting booed. I mean, I don't, I don't understand what the hell anyone's talking about, but nonetheless, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it and the gun, the guns, the gun club, I am 100% on board with the gun club at this point. So if they would have won, I'd have been okay with it. That. That,
0: that, that's who I, that's who should have won the match. I Honestly, the gun club should have won the match. Yeah. They, they, they just came off
1: of a world title run though. I know they, They just came off of one. So they they go into a feud for the titles again. Now I'm gonna look at it like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Gonna give it back to him. You know, so and on that note, um, before I forget, and I want to speak on it because she wasn't um on tonight's show. Um, I saw the promo with Tony Storm on on Collision. Did you see that promo yet?
0: Uh I did not, no.
1: Let me tell you something, man. You asked me what I thought about Tony Storm's new gimmick when it started. I think my answer was. I'm gonna wait and see. The jury's still out. I wanna see where this goes. Okay. This shit's great. Yeah. Uh, we this knew. shit is great. Yeah, we
0: knew that already. It was uh, I believe that was part two of what happened the previous week. Part one was great. I I yeah. I, I didn't know they had that. I didn't catch up on collision yet because last night I watched uh,
1: NXT. Oh, part two was even fucking better. She even mentioned the, the cream pie to the face in this promo and everything really? else, man. It was so good. She is nailing this damn character. I just wanted to get that out there because um as she wasn't on tonight's show, and I won't be on Wednesday's show. Side note, I'm going to the Dave Chappelle show at the United Center on Wednesday.
0: There you
1: go. So there's that, there's that. But Tony Storm killing it, bro. Fucking killing it. Love it, love it, love it. I'm gonna one to say, you gotta see this promo. It was so damn good.
0: Yeah, I'll go but, check it out. I mean, I, everybody loves what she's doing, so uh, yeah. I did not know she was on the show. So that's, uh, yeah, obviously great shit by Tony Storm. Uh, the Young Bucks beat the Guns, the Lucha Brothers and Orange Cassidy with Hook. They get a tag team title match against FTR. Uh, you know, I th- listen, the match was fine. You know, it was what it was. We saw a preview of this match on Dynamite. It was basically the same thing with, you know, all, all members of each team here involved, and the Young Bucks get the victory. Nick hit a 450 on both uh Austin and Colton, I believe, and Penta hit dueling Widow's Peak and Fear Factor with an assist from Nick doing a double stomp, which looked fucking great, and Penta was ultimately dropped with a BTE trigger, which then gave the Bucks the victory here in the tag team match. We're going now, Jesse. Might as well talk about it now, because FTR beat Aussie Open. We're going for FTR Young Bucks round four and the assessment that you made in previous weeks the only reason why ftr was brought into aew was to feud with the young bucks i mean I, I don't think at this point that uh really is a, a false statement here man it's it's fucking ridiculous <laughs> it's,
1: it's fucking true we're going we're going it's, uso's new day route with this shit man i mean basically come, come on that's dude dude that's why they were brought here the tbs title was created for jade cargill FTR was brought to AEW solely to feed with the Bucks. We're at part four. I entirely expect us to get to, like, seven or eight before the end of next year,
0: easily. Yeah. I
1: mean, hey. it's, it's what we're going to get. I mean, I mean, look, at the end of the day, none of their matches are ever disappointed. Um, I do kind of worry about burnout, though. I'm not going to lie. Uh, listen, man, I,
0: I'm already burned out. I was actually disappointed when the Young Bucks got the victory here. Like I said, I was going with the guns. I think Bullet Club Gold is... A group of guys that should really be getting, you know, the creative piece of the pie here. I think that should where that's where AEW should really be focusing on. The Young Bucks have the Ring of Honor six man tag team championships. You clearly put those championships on them for a reason. They don't need to be challenging FTR for the AEW tag team championships. I think it's been overdone. And I said what I said at all in when we were live in the studio in London. I I feel like FTR and Young Bucks, yeah, they're two of the best tag teams in the world. Great. Anybody could see that. But the matches that they put on, though they are very good, I don't think that these two teams put on matches that are better than if FTR went in the ring against Bullet Club or or did what they did with the Briscoes or the Young Bucks and what they did with the Lucha Brothers. I I feel like we're just beating a dead horse here, bro, with, with the Young Bucks and FTR. Yeah, the matches are fine, but... You know, if you're if you're expecting some fucking oh my god, you can't miss this fucking match tag team classic that's gonna go down in the annals of history, the greatest tag team match ever. I, I think we're well well past that, man. It's like, what are we doing here?
1: Yeah, I think the problem with not being hyped about seeing another match is because the last match they gave us, they built the feud around. Well, look at our past, you know. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, look, I mean we are i mean look at the past Oh, I mean, this it, is the it, biggest show that we put
0: on pal we need two yeah. of the biggest tag teams pal it was, it was like that, that's all
1: the it all it was there was nothing there so if you, you if you expect us to get hype for this match like how can you i mean you can get us a build that could get us hype for this match i do entirely uh, believe that but just putting it on paper is not get us excited anymore it's match number 4 the last one was just built on you guys sitting around Shivani, just talking about families and how much this means to you. That's not exciting anymore, man. You guys have faced three times already. This is the fourth. You got to give us something. I mean, as it stands right now, FTR are baby faces and the Young Bucks are baby faces. I mean, tweeners at the absolute worst. You got to give us something. Someone needs to go full fucking heel and do some dastardly and, and, shit. And, and
0: that's the that's the point, what, what what what's the story going to be? Like what yeah, what home is home. what is legitimately the story going to be here? Like open challenge? Uh, another open cha- I mean it's not an open challenge cuz they won this match and they earned the right, but it, it's October 2nd. Uh, and, and we got full gear at the end of November. What are we going to do in the meantime to get from here to the end of November and full gear? Like I mean, what what more of a story is there to
1: tell between these four men?
0: Punk isn't there. Who gives a shit?
1: Yeah, they got to give us something, man, because if they're just going to give us this and tell us to be happy about it, it's going to be boring. It's going to be a boring build, and it's going to be boring going into the match, and they'll get us into the match when they hit second and third gear. Then we'll be excited about it, and then we'll love the ending, but the build will be shit. And then we'll be told that just enjoy the match and forget the build, I guess, you know, by Bowens. I don't know, but they got to give us something because as it stands right now, I'm not going to be excited about an FTR Bucks Clash no. number four.
0: No. no, it's a it's a very, very rare situation and occurrence where a sequel is better than the original. You know, it is incredibly difficult to have a fucking fourth installment in the series be better than the fucking you know, debut or, or, or part two. Uh, I don't know any any movie, Jesse, where you can legitimately say uh, part four was better than what they did in the beginning of their feud. Like, like are you expecting no. the fourth match to be better than what they've done already? I don't really get yeah. it. I mean, FTR is a part of the very rare instance where they wrestled the Briscoes, and the third match in the trilogy was the best one out of all of them. That was a very rare occurrence. I don't yeah. really see that happening all that often, and I don't see that happening here with the Young Bucks.
1: No, no, they're gonna have they're gonna first off, we got to start off here. This should be a a, uh, an absolute gimme, goes without say, but it needs to be a gimmick match ladder match, cage match. Yeah, it needs to be a gimmick match, um, because it just has to be because we've seen these guys already three damn times. Yeah, and it's gotta be. I mean, they've they faced it, they faced each other enough to give us a a nice gimmick match, but you know. You got to give a story with it, though. Someone's going to have to go full heel here. You know, this babyface versus babyface number four just because it's going to be boring. The entire build is going to be boring if you don't give us something extra on top of it. I'm not sure what you guys planned this, so maybe you got to plan for it. You know, let's see it. But just as it stands, not excited about it just yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's... It's what they want, and, you know, Tony Khan, we always say Tony Khan is a hometown guy. He always gives the hometown hero the fucking—you know, he didn't give Darby Allen the TNT title, to be fair, because we got edge tonight. Uh, If we didn't get edge, I was expecting the TNT title to go to Darby Allen tonight. But, you know, more times than not, Tony Khan delivers on the hometown moment. You know, he always gives back to his talent in that situation. It's going to be difficult to go into Los Angeles for full gear and think that the Young Bucks are not going to beat FTR. I mean, we could be wrong— I hope that's the case. I don't see any reason to take the belts off of FTR, but, you know, we could even question that. What the fuck are they doing with the tag team titles?
1: You know, and, I don't see the reason to take them off. I don't see a reason to put them on uh, them either. You
0: know, and, and it's, gonna, it's also going to create the narrative of, oh, yeah, Punk got fired, and look at the EVPs running wild with their power-hungry fucking tactics again. They're, they're <laughs> running wild. I mean, I hear it already. I see it already. So you're not going to win with anybody in this situation. So I don't know why we even teasing the fourth match anyway. There's so many better matches that you could do in, in the tag team division instead of going back and doing the same thing that we've seen already. I, I just, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of it. And I don't give a yeah. shit what Dax or Cash or anybody says. Stop complaining. Leave the leave the wrestling to us or whatever. I mean, as a fan, how many times do you want to see the same thing over and over again?
1: No, no, nobody wants to see the same shit over and over. And I, and I saw some tweets about people say, oh, look, you know, the EVPs are, Booking themselves to win again. You guys know Punk wasn't EVP. Punk was an EVP. Was an was like, EVP. Hey, I fully believe it. Yeah, and you know, he, what was he like a two or three time world champion in one year? Yeah, and he sat most of the year at home. That's that's booking yourself to. I mean, come on, man. I mean, they're wrestlers. He was a three they time world win. champion.
0: He was a three time world champion. He was uh he was an EVP and he was the uh, he's a co owner of Indies apparently.
1: Yeah, he, he had his own damn show. He picked his own damn roster. I mean, he he got everything. I mean, I mean, they're they're active talent, and they have to win at some point. Kenny Omega has lost like a million matches straight; one complained about that yet. I I mean, it happens. They're going to win sometimes, guys. You got to get over this bullshit.
0: I don't know. Not not excited about it, but the Young Bucks get their win. They are the number one contenders for the tag team titles. Just wish that AEW would do more with their tag team division. Man, they got uh, a solid division there, and they seem to be just kind of turning their wheels and doing the same thing over and over again. Ricky Stocks, he beat Wheeler Uta tonight in a match that was made uh, literally on dynamite for tonight. Uh, these two guys had a very tough task of following what was a fun uh, take. T- actually, no, this, was, this, this happened uh, after the tag team match. Yes, this happened after the tag team match, and they followed, actually, legitimately, they followed uh, Swerve and Hangman, so they had a difficult job of following uh, that match. But Ricky Starks, he's another guy, just like Swerve, where AEW is seemingly keeping the momentum going, and they're building Ricky Starks slowly but surely on Saturday night. Saturday night seems to be his show. Uh, he's in this thing with the Blackpool Combat Club. Who knows if he's going to end up joining the Blackpool Combat Club in the end. We don't really know. But he beat Wheeler of Unit tonight, Jesse. And uh, honestly, it, it felt like a dynamite or collision match. I didn't really see any need for this to be on the show tonight. They could have absolutely saved this for Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I mean they could have. I mean the match was fun. No, the match was good. You no, know, not gonna complain about it. Like I said, I, like I said the, the, the show in its entirety was entertaining. Um, it didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. You know, like I said, I, like I said, a couple of the matches I felt like could have been on the on the buy in and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the, the, the whole pay-per-view, I mean, there's a reason people are trying to put it up there with one of the best. It was a good, it was a good pay-per-view. You know, it really was. Was it perfect? No. And I can pick out the imperfections here and now, but at the end of the day, it was a good show.
0: Yeah, Ricky Starks had Big Bill out there. He came out to help his buddy, and Bill was out there long enough to distract Yuta to let Starks hit a spinning DDT. Yuta avoided the boat. Starks hit a pop-up powerbomb. Uh, it was a huge power bomb. So much that Starks himself almost did a fucking somersault in the fucking power bomb. That's how uh, big of a power bomb it was. Starks mocked the Anvil elbows because John Moxley was on commentary, who was on commentary during the pre-show, and apparently he got fined for saying the f bomb. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you're gonna say anything else to John Moxley? I mean, who who gives a shit? It's John Moxley do whatever he wants. John Moxley apparently is pushing uh, Tony Khan to bring in Sammy Callahan as well. Just uh, a word of. Word of warning there. No complaints there. No complaints whatsoever. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, These elbows pissed off Yuta. He kind of came back. He uh, hit Starks with a larry. Yuta avoided another DDT and threw Starks onto Big Bill, who nearly chokeslammed Yuta, floated over and posted Bill back inside. We got anvil elbows by Yuta, which led to a seatbelt pin for a two. Yuta tried to skin the cat on the bottom rope, but Starks met him with a huge spear and a Rochambeau to get the victory, John Moxley noted that this was Will Uda's first singles match on an AEW pay per view. I wasn't sure if I was hearing that right. Is that true? I wasn't sure if that was correct or not.
1: Could be That's quite the stat. I never. I mean, I never paid attention. It could be. I mean, he's always showed up with the BCC. So, yeah. could well, be.
0: well, listen, Starks is on some uh, some nice momentum here, man. He um, he lost to Danielson in the Texas Death Match. He uh, had a great showing uh, before that. Um and the much-needed win on pay-per-view, you know? He lost to Brian. Why not? He needed a big win.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it seemed like every everything is hunky-dory here. No yep. complaints here, man. Speaking of... Um, Ed, Edge is going to face Luchasaurus on the 10th. Edge hey. is facing Luchasaurus on October 10th on a Tuesday.
0: That's when Dynamite is preempted for the MLB playoffs. Yep. They're going head-to-head on NXT. They're going head-to-head with NXT.
1: And they're going to use Edge.
0: <laughs> and Edge is wrestling Luchasaurus. I mean, listen. Edge is going to be on Wednesday. He's going to be on Saturday. And then he's going to be on Tuesday, man. They're using, him, uh, they're using him right.
1: There you go. There you go, man. Now we got somebody to uh, to take over Collision, man. I don't know, man. Love to see
0: it. Love to see it. Brian Danielson. Speaking of Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr. Dream match here in Seattle. I have uh, always stated that I was not a fan of the style that Zack Sabre Jr. brings to the table. I I, I just don't find it uh, very appeasing to watch, though he's fucking fantastic at what he does. Uh, I watched this match very intently, and the crowd was simply incredible here because of Brian being the hometown guy. And I thought this was a fucking Absolutely incredible match, Jesse. I thought this was actually, and, and, you know, it's, I don't want to compare the two because Brian got hurt and I felt like that kind of dumbed down the match at Forbidden Door. Uh, This was by far and away uh, the better match between the two. Uh, Brian and Okada, you want to compare the two? This was easily better than that. Um, This was a true dream match here. This is what Brian wanted. This was supposed to happen at last year's Forbidden Door, but Brian got hurt. And they did it here in Seattle, and it could not have ended up better, man. This was a fucking clinic, and I didn't even know what to say at the end of this thing. But man, I love
1: professional wrestling.
0: It's a beautiful
1: thing, right? It's man. fucking unbelievable, man. I mean, these guys. I mean, I don't know what you don't like about Zach, man. I mean, the guy. He works a very you know Brian ish style. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, but he ain't he ain't Brian. Yeah, he, ain't, he ain't Brian, but he ain't. I mean, nobody's Brian, but you know. Who Brian is not, he's not Zach Sabre Jr. True, I mean, they're, they're 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 similar but different, you know. But all of their all of their allure, all of their you know, anything exciting about them happens within those ropes, you know, and that, that can be said for both of them. Um, they work a little bit of a different style, but at the same time, they're shooters, man. They're gonna go out there and work in between those ropes. These are these are the kind of guys you can just throw into a match with no story, and just just give them twenty minutes or so, and they'll have the house rocking. You know, yeah. not everyone is capable of doing that. So that alone is a talent. Um, you have to be a fan of just pure. You know, you know. It reminds me of the people who say, "I don't want to sit and watch Brian and MJF have a sixty-minute wrestling match. I don't want to watch wrestling for sixty minutes straight in one match." I get that. I can understand that. I mean, we've been trained by all the wrestling we consume on a daily basis to be interested in a match for no longer than 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, and that's that's just the way we consume all of our wrestling from all of the people who present it to us. So when you get somebody that wants to tell us they're gonna do it for an hour, it doesn't it just doesn't seem interesting. Yeah, you know, you know, same with watching Zach Saber Jr. and Brian Danielson in a wrestling match, you're just gonna be watching. 15, 20 minutes of nothing but pure wrestling. No commercial breaks, you know, no fluff, no sports entertainment, just wrestling. And we don't get that very often. So I can get, I understand the people who might not find that interesting. For me, I enjoyed it. Yeah, this was, this was probably the best. I I, Honestly,
0: I thought the main event was the match of the night. But if there was a, a second match underneath that, I'd probably choose this one and then swerve. Page number three, that's just my honest opinion. Some people in the chat were like, well, you like Orange Cassidy. How don't you like Zack Sabre? I mean.
1: Yeah, I can see that. You know, uh, Zack Sabre is a met tactician,
0: man. Uh, I mean, so, so what? I mean, how, how could you listen to Avenged Sevenfold and fucking hate Metallica when it's basically Avenged Sevenfold rips off Metallica's sound? It's like the same. It's the same shit. You know, Zack Sabre Jr. is a British old style, old school wrestler. Brian Danielson is more of a modern take on a technical pro wrestler, so I like the more modern take on Brian Danielson. It's so, so what? It's it, it's all preference. It's it's yeah. all it is. It's like you know, it's like me asking, me telling you, you, you don't like pancakes. You like pancakes better than waffles. I'm more of a
1: waffle guy than I'm a pancake guy. This, you didn't this, say you didn't say Zach Sabre Junior. sucks. No, you didn't say he's boring. You didn't say he's not good at what he does. You just said. I don't prefer it, which is there's nothing wrong with it. You people drink Coors
0: Light. Some people drink Coors Light and hate Bud Light. It's the same fucking shit. What are yeah. you drinking? You're drinking piss. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's, well,
0: just, that's different. it's just you just called it piss. You're not calling it Zach Saber Junior. piss. No, no, you, you you get what I'm saying. I hate I, <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck Budweiser <laughs> uh, and Coors Light. Uh, but but yes, it's the same thing. I mean, I I don't I don't hate pancakes. I love pancakes, but I prefer waffles. You know, some people prefer sausage in the morning. Some people prefer bacon. I like, I love both, but I prefer bacon. So what? So what? You know, it's whatever, man. It's it's your style. Some people enjoy tea, Jesse. You, you like coffee or tea? Which one do you like? Do you drink uh, coffee? Tea, tea. I said I'm a coffee guy. So what? Jesse tea. likes it. Jesse likes his crown, crown royal. I like my uh, my Jack
1: Daniels, gentleman Jack. So what? I, I, I think they misconstrue what you what you or maybe how you're trying to say. If you say you like something or dislike something it doesn't mean that it sucks it just means that you don't like it Yeah, I don't like it well you saying it sucks I didn't say it sucks it's just not for me it's different
0: we watch WWE or at least I watch I I watch WWE and AEW but I prefer AEW oh my god man it's a personal preference shoot me my hands are in the air take whatever you want fuck off man (laughs) Oh, God. Genius. <laughs> fucking watching the shadow, watching the show. He texts me. He's like, you better not prefer sausage. Oh, Bro. Here we Jesus go. Jesus fucking Christ, man. You, you fucking pause, man. See? Oh, my goodness. You got busted. I got busted. This guy's shadow watching the fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll fucking deal with him tomorrow. Uh, yes, this was this was an incredible match. Um, I love what they did here. Crowd was big time into it, and we'll pick it up towards the end here. I'm not going to go into uh, the fucking uh, psychology of Brian Danielson and Zack Saber Jr. But there was a part in the match where we had Danielson spitting in the face of Saber, and they're slapping each other back and forth, uppercuts to the arm by Saber. Danielson kept kicking at his hamstring, so they were both going at it. Both men wanted a backslide. They threw some stiff elbows to get out of the situation. Sabre hit a big punt kick to the bad arm, which looked nasty, connected with a Zach driver before slapping on another submission. Hold on, Danielson. Nigel McGuinness got to his feet at this point, man. I love Nigel. Nigel's so good. He got up to his feet. He was really against Brian Danielson for whatever reason and he was very pro Zack Sabre Jr. here. screaming it's to very see if very heelish tonight. Yeah, very heelish. Screaming to see if Danielson was actually going to submit to Zack Sabre. Uh, a rope break got Danielson to break the hold, and Nigel called Danielson a coward. I wonder if they're building to something there, potentially. You know, the, being that this could be Brian's last full-time year, maybe he's the one that brings out uh, Nigel McGuinness out of retirement. I don't know. Or maybe yeah, Nigel's just being Nigel. I have no fucking idea.
1: Could be, but now that you just reminded me of that. You know, we um have final battle. We have, a- we have Adam in in AEW now, and Brian's on his farewell tour.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, we're gonna get it, man. Uh, I'd love to see it injected it in my veins. Take my money, please, right away. Yes, kicks by Saber, or uh, yeah, by Saber, which led to another cross onbreaker, breaker, which Danielson escaped into a regal plex, and then a Busico knee for a two. Crowd was uh, really big time into the ending here. Danielson hit another Busaiko knee, this time getting the win over Zach Sabre Jr. Moxley put it perfectly on commentary where he said, Holy shit, that was the best pro wrestling match I think I've ever seen. And then before that, he put his headphone down to jump up like uh, Nigel was on commentary. He, he didn't realize he was muted, and he blurted out the word fuck. And Jim Ross kind of said something uh off key there. And I, th- I think Moxley had fucked up on commentary. But uh I mean listen, man, again, you're gonna tell Moxley how to do commentary? I don't know. Probably
1: not. Moxley can do what he wants, man. He said he got fined. A, I don't think he got fined for shit. B I don't think he gives a shit. Foxy doesn't give a shit about money, man. No, he doesn't give a shit about any of that. After the match,
0: Brian Danielson wanted to shake Zack Sabre's hand, and like the consummate prick that Zack Sabre Jr. is, he walked away without saying a fucking thing, man. Fuck him. And and they sold it on commentary. Well, Brian Danielson wanted to have this match because he wanted to prove who the best technical wrestler was, but Nigel said, Jesse, he won with a knee. he won with a uh, a strike. big-time offensive strike. He didn't win with a submission. Note, so as, as far as uh, from my scorecard, Brian Danielson is not the best pro wrestler in the entire world. It's still Zack
1: Sabre Jr. Yeah, we're not done here. We might get a 50-50 booking on that one right there. Maybe. Maybe uh, maybe it happens at uh, the Tokyo, though.
0: I'll take it. Whatever the case may be, man. Excellent match. My second favorite match of the night outside the main event. Brian Danielson looked as better uh, as better as I've ever seen him. And uh, I don't think there was one moment in this match yesterday where either guy fu- – it was like – it was almost as if you watched fucking two guys pitch a, a perfect game, bro. I don't think anything was fucked up here. They, they didn't have any miscommunication. Everything was fucking fluid as fuck, uh, solid. Um, it, it, like I said, it's almost like two pitchers went in there and, and pitched two, two scoreless innings going into the
1: fucking top of the 10th inning. You know, that that's a, that's – Actually, the perfect way to describe this, you know, when some people say it's not my cup of tea because it's boring, you know, vanilla midgets, all of that stuff, man. You watch a you watch a pitching duo, you know, when you have people out there throwing perfect games, some people are not going to enjoy the game. Some people want to see slugs. They want to see home runs. They want to see runs. They want to see action. They don't want to see strikeouts and people just standing around in the outfield doing nothing. I mean, how exciting is it to be sitting in the crowd watching Randy Johnson when he threw 25 fucking strikeouts? You yeah. know, I mean, it's, for me, I would I would love the hell out of it, man. That This is pure art in this, in this purest form at the, on the fucking mound. I love it. Yeah, But some who say it's boring because there's no home runs, I understand it, you know, I get it. It's kind of like this. You're going to see technical wrestling in its purest form. That's about it. You know, and some people might not enjoy it, but I do. Did uh, my camera just go off? Hold on.
0: My camera just went off?
1: I don't know. I- I'm delayed. You I'll are tell delayed. you a second.
0: I don't know why my camera just went off. There you
1: go. Uh, I don't, no, I don't, I don't know. Off. Yeah, 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 I
0: don't know what happened. My camera just completely shut off by itself. Did it? Maybe, Maybe my room is haunted. I don't know. Go, or maybe man. maybe it's uh, maybe it's all the Zack Saber Junior uh,
1: negativity, right? That, that, maybe that your camera got future endeavored, bro.
0: I don't know, man. We we gotta check that out. Sorry, guys. Uh, I don't know what happened. My camera just legitimately just froze up and uh, shut off by itself. But now we're back. Now we're back. Um, I saw something in the chat. I wanted to uh, bring to everybody's attention, but uh, I forgot what uh, was said there. Never mind. We'll we'll just move on to the next uh, the next match. We got a six-man tag team match here, Jesse. Konosuke Takeshi, Sammy Guevara, and Will Ospreay defeated Chris Jericho and the Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, man. This match was all over the place, as the six-man tag team matches in AEW typically are. Does not mean it was a bad match. I enjoyed the fuck out of this. This was fun as hell. It's lovely. Don Callis is an asshole. He got uh, <laughs> fucked Don <laughs> Callis chance. He wasn't even... Uh, he didn't even do anything yet. He, he didn't say do anything. anything. He <laughs> didn't say anything. He's just out there. fucked. Don out. Callis. He's <laughs> like, what the fuck did I do? I don't know, man. He's out there, and uh, he obviously played a factor into the ending of the match, and his Don Callis family, bro, we got, we got the victory, and Kenny Omega continues to lose... After his relationship with Don Callis has been severed, man. Kenny Omega cannot get the win over any of the Don Callis family at all.
1: Uh, don't worry. I'm sure it's coming at some point. You know, but Kenny, what Kenny is doing is using his star power to help create other stars. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's just wrestling 101. Kenny Omega does not need a win. You know, Kenny Omega can win once a month and still be Kenny Omega and be just fucking fine. Yeah, don't worry, his wins will come back up. But in the meantime, these people who are beating Kenny Omega are definitely getting a rub. Um, Kanosuke Takesta is a rising star. Um, He's with Don Callis, who's gonna get him up. Um, Kenny's putting him over. I mean, he's looking like a rock star out there. I like the stare down he had with Abushi and everything else. You know, that's a match coming. Um. I like it when, when where Kenny story arc is going. I'm not sure. I don't know. Not worried about it yeah. because you know, it, he, Kenny Omega will be fine. So he, he can lose. Kenny can lose every match he does for the rest of the year and be fucking fine. So I'm not worried about it. Man.
0: Yeah. I do wonder where the story's going and how he's going to end up getting that victory over Don Callis. Who, who is he going to beat? Is he going to get, uh, is he going to beat Takeshta? Is he going to beat Osprey? I don't, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go, but, uh, You know, the Don Callis family here tonight needed the win big time for one reason and one reason only, and and that's because they just enlisted Sammy Guevara, and they needed to really put a staple or a stamp uh, on the Don Callis family. It, It would not be a good look if they enlisted Sammy Guevara, and then they go into their first match as a family and then lose. So you need to establish them as a credible threat, which you've already done with Konosuke Takeshita, and they beat... Three unbelievable talents: Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, and Chris Jericho. Especially with Sammy Guevara feud and Chris Jericho, you want to continue that feud and keep that going. You need heat on that. Uh, I can't wait to see Takeshita versus Ibushi. I can't wait to see that. I mean, that's definitely coming. Whenever we yep. get there, uh, sign me up. That's going to be fucking phenomenal. Uh, yep. And Will Ospreay and, and Kenny Omega. I don't think they. I don't think they have unfinished. Uh, they, they, they they have unfinished business. I don't think we've seen the last of them at all. So I do no. think that we're going to get a match three at some point. It's probably going to happen in the Tokyo Dome, but, you know, th- there's a lot going on here and a lot to unpack, but this was a fun match, man.
1: Yeah, um, you know, Kenny, man, I, I we just got done talking about the Bucks and FTR and them facing each other for the fourth time and Oregon. I, I, I just don't feel like I can get tired of seeing Kenny Omega yeah. and Will Ospreay.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's, well, I mean, there, there was, because... It, I don't want to say anything FTR has done is bad. It's just, we know that they're capable of better, you know? And I felt like even after that match with Osprey and Kenny Omega at Forbidden Door, that there's just so much still left in the tank and so much there still left to tell as far yeah. as the story. It's like, I mean, it's the second match was so much different than the first match. It was so much more physical than the first match. And, and you know, a third match is warranted there. But a fourth match with the Bucks and FTR is not warranted at all. So it's, it's two
1: completely different situations. Yeah, I can see that. Um, any, I mean, who are we kidding dude? Anything in excess. We're going to get tired of No, nah, I know anything. I right. mean, we, I'm, I'm just not tired of Kenny and, and, and Osprey just yet though, but give me time. I'm sure I'll be, you know,
0: you know, the pairing between, uh, Callison Guevara is going to pay off. We said this on Wednesday, you know, Sammy, He's not the greatest on the microphone, but all of that is going to be overlooked because of the heat that Don Callis gets. And if Sammy's standing next to Callis, it's just going to be so much more magnified and no one's going to really care about how Sammy Guevara speaks and how well he can cut a promo. The fact that he's with Don Callis and he's the most hated man in in AEW, that's all that he needs. And that is uh, exactly what he needed to get uh, off on the right foot with this, this heel turn here. Um, we're going to pick it up here with Jericho uh, hitting a code breaker on Guevara. Omega and Osprey had a back and forth that ended in a snap dragon. Speaking of uh, snap suplexes and German suplexes, Jesse. Oh, boy. I mean, Kanosuke Takeshita, man. He, I mean, reckless isn't even the word, man, for some of these German suplexes. The way he dropped Kenny and then Coda, bro. On top of his head, I mean, holy shit! It's almost as if I'm cringing every German suplex now. Never mind fucking pile drivers. What well, I mean, and then Taz calling it out does not help it at and, all. And Taz called it out on commentary, man. Yeah. Like what are we doing? Yeah, especially that. with Kota Ibushi's history of neck injuries. I mean, is is his neck made of fucking rubber? Like, like, what
1: the fuck, man? Those spots just look so bad. The thing is, they're just just not necessary to make the match as good as it was. It's not like the match was only as good as it was because of those spots where you're dropping people on the neck and hit.
0: No, the match was good, but those spots stuck out more because of the discussion that we had on Wednesday. I'm like, holy shit. What is he, a Lego guy? You can't just go
1: find a new fucking head for him. Ridiculous. We only say these things. Look, man, the people out there who just like, shut up, let them wrestle. They know what they're doing. When you guys get hurt and paralyzed or whatever, they'll just fucking change the channel. They don't give a shit. I actually care about the well-being of the fucking talent of the company that I enjoy watching. So yeah. That's that's all I'm saying. Guevara flew in with a top
0: rope cutter just enough to get Omega look sloppy. Uh, Omega was way too far away for Sammy to do the cutter, but he still did it anyway. Ospreay hit Ibushi with a high power bomb. Takesh to hit Omega with a big jumping knee. Jericho, he... I don't know what he was hit with. I think he might have been hit with something. A finisher or, or something. He might have been hit with the Judas Effect. I have no fucking idea. I think it was the Judas Effect. He was hit with his own finishing move. He, he kicked out at a one. He kicked out at a one on the Judas Effect. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, after that, the numbers were too much. They beat him down. Leaving Ibushi as the last guy standing against all three heels here. Ibushi no-sold and absolutely leveled both Osprey and Guevara with some big forearms. Then we had a big stare down between Takeshita and Ibushi. That led to a double down. They, they smashed each other with forearms. Match broke down with some big shots from everyone. Osprey counted a one-winged angel to the floor and followed with a sky-twister press, which looked fucking beautiful, right on top of Omega and Ibushi. Osprey took a bullet and ate a Judas effect, shoved Guevara out of the way, Aubrey Edwards was tending to, uh, I believe he was tending to, or she uh, she was attending to Guevara enough to miss uh, Jericho's visual pin there uh, on Guevara and Jericho tried for the walls. Don Callis got a shot in with the baseball bat. Guevara crawled over and stole the win over Jericho uh, Ospreay held off Ibushi and Omega from getting in the, in the ring and the heels, the Don Callis family win what I thought was a great six man tag team match. A lot of six man tag team matches, uh, in AEW, a lot of chaos happening in these six man tag team matches, but the end result is always the same, man. They are fucking entertaining and they are fun. And this was no different. Nope.
1: No different at all, man. I mean, it, the, the, the match was just. I don't know. It, it, it was high paced. It was exciting yeah. for me. It was basic. It was par for Of course. I mean, if you just look at this match on paper and imagine how you think it'll go, that's how it went. Yeah. That's how it went. I mean, and other than the, and look, and I'm sorry guys who may be watching, I'm going to keep calling out this shit where you, you're, you're dumping, you know, these 250 pound men on the back of their necks and heads. It's cringe, man. It's just, it's just so hard to watch. Um, for example, I was, I was, I was listening to one of my um one of my favorite podcasts. Um um what was it crime and sports, small town murder, stuff like that. And they brought up the ESPN segment that they used to air called uh Jacked Up. You remember that? No, I don't. It's it's with, it was uh with um Michael Irving would be on ESPN and they would highlight the biggest hits of the week. This is before the, the NFL got into concussion trouble. And they would just highlight just some of the major, just, just de cleaters, just wham. I mean, just, and they would laugh at them and then just like, aha, look at this. That's a woo. They got jacked up. Oh, that was fucking the strings. Amazing. Look, I was looking at that on YouTube the other day and, It was the scariest shit I've ever seen. I'm talking head-on-head ram-type collisions. where You can just see people just getting concussed, and they would just instant replay it and glorify it, and back in the day, it was the shit. People loved it. You know, now we look at that, and you just, like, they got to stop doing it, and they have. That's why the rules in the NFL have changed so much. People get mad about it, but it was done for the safety of the players, and it was it, it was a must. It needed to be done.
0: I don't know why us fans would ever get called out for uh, caring about a wrestler's safety. Or, Thank or, or, or calling it out on social media. I still don't Thank understand you. why Dax targeted me. I, I I genuinely believe he targeted me because of of the the platform that I have, and you know he felt like. Uh, you know, it, I was an easy target, and that's what they usually do. I I, I don't know. Really? I mean, all I care about is the fucking performers' health at the end of the day. But this, I'm the i the bad guy, man. I still I still don't understand
1: it, but whatever. It makes no. It would make more sense if we were out there saying the opposite. Oh, these guys should go out there and
0: take kill kill each other, man! I can't yeah. wait to see we, p- pile drivers and people breaking their necks.
1: Yeah, this sounds kind of messed up. This sounds like sounds like the people ridiculing when they change the, the structure of the elimination chamber to make it safer for the, 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 the talent yeah people get mad like why are you getting mad it's it's safer for these people to go in there and work and they, they can get injured less and you're mad i would i I wanna see I want to see my Ray Phoenix every week I want to see my FTR every week I don't want to see guys get injured bro so when you do things, remember remember when I think it was Cash and he fucked up his arm on the turnbuckle? Yeah. Then they changed the turnbuckle going yeah. forward so that wouldn't happen again. Yeah. That's what you do. When bad shit happens, you change the policy so it doesn't happen again. Well, people are getting hurt. Change it so people can stop getting hurt. Stop dropping people on their fucking heads, man. Please.
0: Yeah, yeah, really. Speaking of of FTR, uh, they defended the AEW Tag Team titles against Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis. Uh, They retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. Now, while this match was a very good tag team match, very good tag team match, that's not what we're saying. This was a very good tag team match. Um, We do have a problem with the way everything had kind of come about. Now, the only reason why this match took place on this show tonight was because it was legitimately one year... To the day or, or or the week or the month in, in which these two teams wrestled last October. So, Tony Khan figured, you know, Wrestle Dream, Antonio Inoki, first uh, pay per view concept here for Wrestle Dream and AEW. Let's have two of the best tag teams in the world go at it and, the, and have the AEW tag team titles on the line. Great. But I'm here to tell you, my camera just went out again. I don't know why. It's going to come back on. Uh, just leave it. I, I don't know what's going on with my camera, man. It's the first time it's done this. Um, the tag team title situation, the only reason why this happened was because Tony Khan wanted this match based on what happened last year, and it's Antonio anoki But I'm here to tell you that the open challenges and the matches every week on Collision that don't really mean much of anything mixed with this one kind of being an open challenge and Aussie Open calling their shots, you know, it didn't really lend to the story and making the match more than it should have been, Jesse. I honestly felt like the match even though it was a great tag team match the fans knew it was bullshit in the end too because there was legitimately no heat coming into this thing and the fans whether they whether or not they were tired from the last couple of matches or or the, or the show up until this point you know they didn't really react much to anything here it just felt flat it, it almost felt like it almost felt like you eating a dish of pasta without pasta sauce on it bro it was just bland
1: yeah it 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 started off like that it it did the crowd picked up they got into it you know, it took him about a good, you know, seven or eight minutes or so. But yeah, yeah, it 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 started off very dry. It started off very dull, and that was mostly because of the build. I mean, when that swerve and hangman match started, I was ready. I was ready before they even locked up. Like, man, this this is this is this is gonna be fucking it right here, man. Yeah. The story in there was incredible. Loved it. So while they're getting their match off the ground. I'm still invested in the fucking story, and now when I get their match rolling, I'm invested into the story and the match is picking up. Now I'm you know I'm 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 hooked with this one. I'm kind of like yeah. I, I text you like when I first started. Like I've no interest in this match right now. I mean, I'm sure it'll pick up because these guys, all four of them, are fantastic in the ring. But this is where storytelling helps the pay per view match because. Yeah. It's needed. Otherwise, I just don't care about the match as it stands. I don't care about it when you guys started fucking working your asses off and doing these fantastic spots that you all know how to do. But until then, boy.
0: Yeah, and then you got you got you got pro wrestlers going online trying to throw it back into the fans' face, thinking that you know the fans don't know shit and the pro wrestlers know better and leave everything to the pro wrestlers and the company and the writing team. This is where the open challenges. This is where all of the nothing matches bite you and come back and bite you in the ass. It had no heat. And I don't mean it as a knock on FTR and Aussie Open. Two of the finest tag teams on the fucking planet. But when you got no heat, you got no heat. I don't know what else to tell you. The last match probably took a lot out of the fans. A six-man tag team match with those types of talents is going to do that to you. But the fact that this had no story coming in, I don't give a shit what you try to sell me based on last year, there's no story there. And the tag team championships itself feel dead, no matter who they're on. It could be anybody. In this case, it's FTR. They're the best tag team in the world. But there's no story revolving around the tag team titles, which is going to lead to a dead and lifeless audience. I mean, basically, this was fucking noodles with butter on it. It wasn't even fucking uh, a nice pasta sauce with a side of meatballs, man. It was just fucking plain plain pasta and, and nothing else. Like,
1: I don't know how else to describe it. Why? I, I, I said this when it happened. I said it in between, and I'll say it here. I, I don't think the gun club should have lost those titles to FTR when they did. There was, you know, no problem with having FTR beat the guns for the titles, but it just seemed like it was done just because, you know, FTR resigned. Great. Here are the tag titles. Yeah. Why?
0: That's basically, that's basically Wha-
1: what happened. Why? Give us a feud. Let it build up to it. Let the guns be assholes, and then let the pay-per-view get here and let FTR win them in a feud. And then, I mean... That would have been the start of doing something with them, but the guns didn't get a chance to do shit with them. They just handed them over to FTR who have done nothing with them.
0: No. no they did and, not and, need and, those and, titles right there. No, and AEW has not really aided in that creatively at all. I mean, everybody yeah. is in the midst of an open challenge. Yeah. Like, how, how, could you re- how could you really be excited for pro wrestling matches, man? This is why I say story trumps everything. If you don't have story how much are you going to legitimately care about what's going on? You'll have the elitist, oh, well, I don't really like, care about story. Why don't you just watch the show and enjoy it, man? No. No, I mean, if you watched any of your favorite episodic television shows and there was no story, how much of your episodic shows, how much of your favorite television show would you enjoy? You'd stop watching fucking halfway through the season if there was no story. Basically. I mean, Jesse told me to go out and watch Breaking Bad. If he told me that, if he told me the story was shit, he's like, you got to watch it. The story's great. And I watched fucking halfway through season one. And I'm like, Jesse, where's the fucking story? What's the plot here? What am I watching? I would have stopped. I binge watched six seasons in fucking two weeks. That's how great it was. You need a fucking story. That's it. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Right now, FTR has zero story. Give me something. And I doubt it's going to come with the Young Bucks either.
1: No, well, the hope was, and we've been saying this for weeks, the hope was they were going to get back into pushing um, tag team wrestling the way that it started off at AEW. We've been saying that for a long time, and I'm sorry, it just hasn't fucking happened yet. So I don't know what the hell is going on with tag team wrestling at AEW right now. Don't know.
0: Don't know. Listen, I don't know if uh, one of the members of uh, Aussie Open here, I don't know if he actually broke his his wrist or whatnot. Mark Davis, I believe it was, he was kind of favoring his wrist halfway through the match. I don't know if that was him selling or not, but um, if he broke his wrist, I mean, that's, that's awful. Uh, AEW does not need any more injuries at all, but uh, if it was uh, a kayfabe thing and he was kind of working the wrist in the match, kudos to him because he had everybody
1: believing he broke his fucking wrist. So... If- Let's go to you should you should go to Edge's page and he just put out a long statement about what's going on. Uh, in regards to what? Him leaving WWE on Instagram? On on Twitter? No. On
0: Twitter. Okay, I'll read that. Uh, we can read that during uh, the super Chat segment before we get to the super chats, but uh, we got a couple yeah. of matches here, and then we'll get into the super chats. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if Mark Davis actually broke his wrist or not, but you know, kudos to him if it was if it was just kayfabe. Uh, Fletcher and Davis wanted a powerplex, but Wheeler and Harwood fought off and hit one of their own. Uh, Wheeler tried for a cover, but Fletcher dove onto Harwood and uh, basically broke up that cover. Davis was clutching his left wrist, and he and Fletcher uh, hit a double lariat on Wheeler, and Harwood made the save. Fletcher and Davis managed to hit a sat- shatter machine, uh, but again, Harwood broke things up. As Cash was about to eat the pin there, Wheeler was about to suffer a spike pile driver on the apron, but Hardwood cut it off. And it was Davis who was dropped instead. Uh, In the corner, Fletcher ate a super shatter machine off the top. And FTR retained the championship and will wrestle the Young Bucks, I presume, at full gear in Los Angeles. Good match. No heat. No heat. No heat. Give me
1: some heat. No heat. FTR uh, FTR won. They should have won. Next match. Yeah. So yeah. It was good, basically.
0: It was good. Main event. Christian Cage defending the TNT Championship. Two out of three falls against hometown favorite Darby Allen, Whose arm is in a sling right now. Whose arm is in a sling. I can't, I can't imagine why his arm <laughs> is in a sling. I mean, holy fucking shit. I mean, and they replayed it three or four different times from fucking four different angles they replayed it.
1: Oh my God,
0: dude. I mean, is Darby Darby's not even human. Like, he doesn't give a shit. I mean, he's going to be retired by fucking uh, age 33.
1: Really? Sometimes, Sometimes these performers are like cage fighters, man, and if you just let them do whatever they want to do, they'll kill themselves trying to accomplish their goal because that's what... That's what they, they they want to perform, they want to execute, they want to accomplish their goal, and but then sometimes it's the manager's job to pull them back and keep them in line. Yeah. They'll hurt themselves if you let them, man, because they're fucking they're they're consummate performers. They want to entertain and they want yeah. people to get their yeah. money. So, yeah, I, I mean, it,
0: it, yeah, I I do greatly I do. Um, it's the rush of that crowd and the moment yeah. and you know, Darby, Not even, not even talking about that because it's specifically tonight in Seattle, but, you know, it's not even, you know, normally, Jesse, we watch and we commend, like, uh, who, who's amazing? Dolph Ziggler's fucking unbelievable at selling. He always makes his opponent look great. Brock Lesnar, I've commended so many times before. Such a great sell yeah. is, is Brock Lesnar, man. It's not, Ali. It's, uh, Ali, yeah. Ali's fucking amazing. Um but it's not even it's not even selling at this point, Jesse. It's like you, you start to wonder how, how much his body's going to be able to take, how long he's yeah. going to be able to do this and how his body at a hundred and how, how many, how, how much does he weigh? 170 pounds. How his body at that weight, bro, can sustain the type of brutal beating he goes in there to give his opponents like it's not even selling at that point. It's just fucking
1: self mutilation. It, it looked like Christian had second thoughts about that spot. He did. The first time he went up there to go do it, he didn't do it. And he just did the spot on the ground. And that, you know, it's like, fuck that. I'm putting it on the ground. And I don't know if after that, Darby went back to him was like, no, fucking do it. You know, and it looked like the steps are too far away. Maybe, the, you know, Christian had just had second thoughts about it. But then he did it on the ground, then put him back on the apron and then actually threw him onto those fucking stairs, man. And, Arms in a sling.
0: I don't know. I I I don't know. It definitely looked like Christian Cage uh, either wanted. It, you know what it looked like to me? It was as if they were going to do the as the plan. And Christian, you know, halfway through it said, fuck this shit. I'm not dropping you on this Look, shit. Yes, this I'm is not, just fucking ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to fucking kill you here. You know? So, yeah, he ended up doing it. He jumped off the apron and then did it yeah. anyway. It's like. Like Diary like said, what the fuck are you doing? Do it. Fucking ridiculous. Bro, are you fucking sure? <laughs> uh, uh, obviously, obviously a lot of people are uh picking up on the Nick Wayne turn here. Nick Wayne, who was an integral part in the entire story for Darby and Darby brought him into AEW. He was an integral part in the Swerve story with Nick Wayne and Darby Allen, you know, the Buddy Wayne Academy and all this other stuff, you know. Like you said, Jesse, and I and I agree 100%, and I'm thinking about it. I don't know how they do it, but they're certainly going to have their work cut out for them. And, and Nick Wayne wrestled Luchasaurus on the pre-show. I don't know if you watched that, but Nick Wayne wrestled Luchasaurus on the pre-show and lost in about five minutes. And, and then at the end yeah. of the show, you know, we are to believe that all of a sudden, in that time frame, Nick Wayne said, You know what? I just got my ass kicked by Luchasaurus and I'm going to join Christian Cage tonight in the main event and turn my back on Darby Allen, who apparently has just betrayed me in some sense. And I have to fucking get back at him. Like they got to make sense of that, man. And they really got to make sense of it because And right now I'm not
1: finding any fucking answers to this shit, man. I don't know how, like, like I said, I'm going to wait for this one the same way I did with the Tony storm gimmick thing. I'm going to wait and see how they justify this, but through all, through everything going on in this, in this feud and this feud has been great. The build has been great. This feud has been fantastic. But when all of the heinous shit going on, I mean, Jesus Christ, With all this shit, you have him turn on Darby. I, I don't understand why he would. I, I can't wait to hear what the explanation is for this one, because this makes no fucking sense. The guy has been trying to bang his mom. I mean, what are we you, doing here? Do,
0: do you see her? I mean, do you blame? I
1: mean, her? whoa, whoa! I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on now. I I get it, man. the The, the, the milf is real in that one, but why would he? G- it just, I don't know. It just, it just seemed like it would make no sense for him to try to join the guy that's talking shit about his father about his what is is his uncle or something like that trying to sleep with his mom and everything else I'm gonna side with that guy really yeah, he um, really he really is father of the year I mean okay father of the year I mean I get it you know it was a nice little swerve no one saw that one coming I mean because it made no sense but let's see what they got you know maybe it'll make sense maybe bringing in edge will you know will somehow have this make sense? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to make this make sense. I don't care. Whatever. The main event that they picked for this show was fantastic. The bill was fantastic. The match was fantastic. The end of the show was fantastic. There was no missed points in this feud and this main event match.
0: This match was incredible. The, the two out of three falls, this match was easily one of the best. And I mean, one of the best. Main events that AEW has ever put on, and I and that spans Dynamite, Collision, and all their pay per views in all five years. Absolutely incredible. The, I think Christian Cage
1: over delivered, over delivered since being signed to AEW.
0: What was his What was his catchphrase when he first joined? Outworked everyone. Now, 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 now it's worked everyone.
1: Yeah, outwork everyone.
0: Now it's worked everyone. He, Man, he's uh, he's. His body of work right now, man, is some of the best in his entire career. And, and it's yeah. because of a fucking turtleneck and the fact that he makes fun of deceased fathers.
1: This guy's a dick.
0: Man. I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable how this thing has caught on. You know, I didn't really take it to be much of anything, and it just took on a life of its own. And he's doing some of—and he's still fucking He was always good in the ring, but he has been so good, so good. In, in the ring. This main event match was absolutely incredible. I kind of had a feeling of where we were going. A lot of people were like, "Oh, Edge is not joining AEW, man. That's great." How many fucking, how many uh, <laughs> opinions age like fucking sour milk tonight? <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of had a feeling of where they were going when Nick Wayne turned, and then Sting comes down, and he gets beaten up, and Luchasaurus is out there, and, and I'm like, "All right, man, what's going on here?" And Tony Khan's not going to allow Darby to get his ass beat, and then they're going to go off the air, and then all of a sudden. We see a back of a human being, and I hear, because I'm a fucking altar bridge, Mark, I hear the opening of Cry of Achilles, the first song off of Fortress, and it's just unbelievable, man. It's I knew what it was. I knew who it was. He comes down. We hear Metalingus, and it's like, here we are, man. It's The tides are even now. It's three on three. Edge is there. Yeah, a concerto was teased, and he he teased the heel turn immediately when he got in there, and he ended up fucking smashing Nick Wayne in the back, and and all of a sudden he's standing there with Sting in the ring, and he's shaking Sting's hand in his debut on on AEW television. I mean, he couldn't ask for anything better, man. The fucking crowd went crazy. Crowd loved every bit of it. It was one of the best debuts that AEW's ever done. You know, fifty years old at at, at, at Adam Copeland's age, people are like, oh, he's fifty years old. I don't know. I don't know what, what type of game changer you think you're gonna get with 50 years old, man. People are trying so hard to cope, man. They don't know what they don't know how to cope tonight. Tears are flowing down the AEW uh, uh, fans as far as oh my god, we got one of the best ever Hall of Famer. We love what he's done, you know, spanning all of his 20 plus years career, 25 years. And, and then you got the WWE fans who are now looking at Adam Copeland as a fucking turncoat and a bad guy. guy's
1: like, a piece of shit. Like how, how
0: how do you look at this man and think he's a bad guy, a uh, turncoat? Bro, he, he wrestled in Toronto against Sheamus. He did everything he wanted to in WWE. There was nothing more for him to do. He wants to continue working. He's getting paid to do so to work long, alongside his best friends. And now he's writing a new chapter in his storied career, man. How could you ever go against what this guy does?
1: People are assholes, though. They really... Some people are really offended by the pure existence of AEW. Like it's, it makes them angry. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why.
0: I don't know. I, I I don't know. We we got one of the best to ever do it in the ring, and people are asking, "Oh, he's not going to make a difference at fifty years old." I mean, he's not even. He he, he threw a fucking spear and a chair shot, like. Well, what what are you gauging off of a, a fucking ten minute introduction? To people were people were complaining. Oh, you know, oh, he brought Alter Bridge's theme back. He should be able to move on from WWE. It's the same guy he was then.
1: Her, her, her. Like, what? was Cody the same guy when he went over to WWE? Exactly. Like, but well, that was okay. Oh
0: well, we got Cody Rhodes coming over from AEW. He's the same guy that we're getting in WWE. Where
1: are the complaints there? People are just so ridiculously tribalistic to the point like well he's 50 years old what difference is he going to make why do you care Jade left and went to WWE I, I wish her all the best man I think she's going to be a big star Edge leaves WWE comes over to AW. It's fantastic man Edge is a fucking goat you know it's going to be great other people know now he sucks because he went over there now it's stupid why is he going to go over there why do you care why do you care so much that you want to none wish of them back? watch Ew. the product? None of them watch the product, and
0: none of them will watch the product. I guarantee you, none of them even cared about Edge while the, while he was in WWE. Now, all of a sudden, you care that he joined AEW and he got an AEW All Elite graphic by Tony Khan on Twitter. I mean, like, how, how could you complain? We're gonna get Edge versus Danielson. We're gonna get Edge versus Omega. We're gonna get Edge versus Christian. We're gonna get probably Edge and Christian versus FTR at some point. I mean, take my fucking money. Edge versus Adam Page. I mean, if there's one thing, and Jesse and I have documented this for almost the entire duration of this fucking podcast since he's been on here here with me as a co-host, if there's one thing that AEW has done right, it has been the usage of their legends. This is not going to be any different with Adam Copeland. I don't understand why you guys don't see this and have not seen it already. Edge is not going to be wrestling a full-time schedule. He's going to be there when he wants, when Tony Khan needs him, He's not gonna wrestle every week, and Tony Khan's gonna take care of Edge. I don't understand what the hatred's for.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Edge is gonna come over here. and He's gonna get to do John
0: Moxley and Samoa Joe. He mentioned in the scrum apparently he wants to wrestle John Moxley. Psh. Sign me up. Let's edge versus it. Claudio. Let's do it. Edge versus Eddie Kingston. Let's do it. They
1: <laughs> have a lot of interesting edge teams versus to MJF. Get
0: do it. Do gotta
1: get to all of this shit. I don't know how long they have Adam for, but they got to get him. They got to get him through all of these fucking feuds, man, before a before he's ready to hang it up or B before he get, suffers another major injury. man.
0: Yeah, this so this the, was the, the reaction was laughable and the reaction in the arena was fucking everybody was over the moon excited about this shit when that music hit. Uh, the match itself is fucking amazing. This was easily the best match. In my honest opinion, this was my favorite match. One of the best main events that AW's ever done. Uh, I did not expect this to be as good as it was, but it was a two out of three falls match. Um, we will pick up with the first fall, Jesse. Apparently, the turtleneck was a deterrent here from Christian Cage securing a 1-0 go-ahead lead in the two out of three falls match. Apparently, the turtleneck was his worst enemy, as Darby... Uh, covered his face in the turtleneck and pinned him one, two, three, and stole the first pinfall because of the turtleneck and a flash jack- jackknife pin.
1: Fucking turtleneck turned on Christian. Oh, unbelievable. He was angry too. He was yeah. very angry. I forgot it was a two out of three falls match. I was like, "What the fuck? That's it." Oh, shit. That's right. Never mind.
0: Well, I mean, this was, I mean, you might as well add no DQ to that stipulation as well because at the end of this match, there wasn't a fucking ring that was recognizable in this match.
1: I'm like, uh, I'm like, okay, the ring is tore up. Clearly, this is a no DQ match, right? Yeah, just two out of three falls. Okay. I guess they they just do the traditional, you know, I mean, wrestling match, no DQ match, and then Mm -hmm. I don't know. whatever. I guess
0: guess because they, they do it too much. But then they end up doing a regular match that should have regular stipulations and regular match rules, and then it ends up being a fucking uh, all-out warfare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's rip up the ring. No DQ. Like, what the fuck? Let's use yeah. the steel steps on the outside. No DQ. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, listen, I'm not complaining. I love the match. It's just, it's just a little silly, but this is what it is.
1: Uh hey, the lights went out, though. So, I mean, at least they did find a big spot in the right spot to use a Yeah. lights going out spot.
0: Yeah. Cage regrouped after the first fall. He stared down uh, Nick Wayne's mother at ringside, who was looking mighty tasty to Christian Cage. I think he tried to even go kiss her at one point. I
1: mean, hey man, can you blame man, him? That's, that's sexual assault. At him, <laughs> what are you talking about? He would never do that, bro.
0: Oh, my God, man. Uh, anyway, um, got a cheap shot in on uh, Christian Cage, which allowed Allen to take control. She slapped him right in the face, standing uh, outside behind the barricade. Um, slow and methodical was Christian Cage working on Darby, went for top rope splash. He missed. This allowed Darby to code red for a close two count. We got another pinfall attempt off of a cross body from Darby Allen. He was thrown to the outside, which allowed Christian to catch a breath. Then he launched Darby into the barricade. Cage slowly walked up to Nick's mother. He smiled at her and, uh, apparently, uh, she threw a drink in his face at this time. Though, uh she did not want any of Christian Cage. She threw a drink in his face. Alan flew was it in. water or was
1: it vodka?
0: Uh, it looked like water. Oh, yeah. Allen okay. flew in with a low uh, suicide dive and a coffin dropped to the floor. And he hit another one in the ring with Cage getting his knees up. Cage then sent Darby flying off the apron with a little oomph off the apron into the commentary table. Cage goes over and repositions the ring steps for what was death of Darby Allen here. Uh, they fought on the apron... And apparently Cage suplexed Allen to the floor, body slamming him onto the steps. And finally, a body slam off the apron onto the edge of the steps in one of the most violent spots of the entire year. Uh, It ended in a countout who uh, apparently uh, got the pinfall here. Christian Cage got the pinfall. Oh, not the pinfall. The countout victory here. So it goes 1-1. He should have rolled him in the in the ring and got the pinfall, but the match seemingly stopped here because uh, Bryce Remsburg, the referee, checked on Darby, and Cage, while he was told not to go over to Darby, started untying the canvas, pulling up the ring mat, and, and revealing the wood underneath the canvas. So at this point, the stretcher got brought out, and they were about to take Darby out of the arena they showed replays of this fucking terrible spot over and over and over again, even from a fucking Skycam spot. So it looked worse and worse every every view we got. During all of this, Darby is on the gurney. Cage starts ripping up the ring. He goes up top, and he frog splashes Darby Allen while they're buckling him in on the gurney. So a big splash on the gurney. Darby falls off the gurney, and Bryce Rensburg is screaming... Uh, it's everybody here. How could you do that? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's your problem? He asked Darby if he still wanted to go, and Darby said yes. Darby said yes. Cage connected with. Cage brings him in the ring. He kills. Uh, he uh, connects with a kill switch on the wood. Darby Allen kicked out. Allen sidestepped the spear. Cage locked in a scorpion death lock with Allen getting the ropes. So we pull up the fucking ring and expose the wood, and then we want to b- a r- break a fucking scorpion death lock with a rope break. <laughs> I mean, how, st- how stupid is it, man? How stupid is it? <laughs> we uh, do. <did> uh, <laughs> so Alan wanted another one after Cage kicked out, a Scorp- scorpion death drop, that is, uh, hitting a coffin drop. Cage kicked out. Alan went for another one. Cage cut him off with a sunset flip power bomb onto the wood. Cage wanted a spear. Alan sidestepped it. Cage got a low blow because Bryce was wiped out with the spear. uh, And he grabbed the TNT title as if he was trying to hide, uh, hitting with the TNT. I mean, at this point, we got stairs and we got tables and we got wood being exposed, but he wants to fucking, you know, sneak in a title shot over Darby's skull while Bryce is out. I mean, again, it's just kind of silly. So he takes the title and Nick Wayne shows up. He takes the title away from Christian Cage. The chase was on until Darby Allen told Nick Wayne to use the title. And Nick Wayne was looking at his mom and, and, and himself. And he was thinking to himself, what do I do? What do I do? He ended up blasting Darby Allen with the championship. Commentary team went dead silent. Nobody said a fucking word. Cage revived the referee, got the pin. He wins the match, two out of three falls, still the TNT champion. Cage gave... Wayne, a kiss on the head. He hung, hugged him post-match, standing tall over Darby. Wayne slapped Allen and started beating him down. Sting, at, at this point, I mean, even more. Sting, bro, I mean, I mean, take your fucking time there, man. He's just walking down the aisle, and this, this poor, poor Darby's getting his ass kicked. He has no running. He's just taking his sweet time. He gets in the ring. He attacked Nick Wayne and Cage. Luchasaurus showed up. It was a three-on-two. Cage wanted a concerto. The lights went out. And it's said on the video wall, our feature presentation is now shown. And we see a video of Edge. And he's driving in the streets of Seattle. Meanwhile, we hear Alter Bridge's cry of Achilles playing in the background. And we get Metalingus playing when we come back to the arena. Fans obviously going crazy. He gets in the ring. Copeland took the chair from Cage and Nick Wayne set up Sting. Copeland waffled Wayne in the back with the chair laid out, both him and Luchasaurus with spears. His cage bailed with the TNT title. And the show ends with Copeland Cage having a stare down, and he stands tall with Sting Darby. And uh, that's the way the show goes off the air. They shook hands. Him and Sting shook hands at the end, man. What what a what a moment, man. Uh, you know, he leaves WWE. He's in the ring shaking hands with fucking Sting, man. What a moment
1: for Adam Copeland. Bro, it's like I'm doing a show with John Cena tonight, man. I know. I don't know. My camera's overheating. I think. Oh my god! Yeah. You know it. You know. I saw people in the scrum chat saying that they they that they gave Edge Phil's big bag. Probably. <laughs> like, Probably gave gave it to somebody who would appreciate it. Man, I, I don't know. But you know if is gonna get Adam Copeland, man, he's he's gonna you know do big things with him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. They, they probably have a year's worth of feuds and plans built up for this guy already. I mean, it, he brings so many fresh matches, um, so um, re, revisited matches, never-before-ever matches. So many different awesome things can come up. I don't know how long they have him for, but I look forward to all of the fucking dream matches we're going to get, man.
0: Yeah, uh, this is—I'm uh I- I'm fucking over the moon about this. This is great. Edge is one of my favorites of all time. You know, uh, he did things his way. I will always respect and appreciate that. He wants to be here. We welcome him. It should not be looked at as a bad thing. And I'm looking at the TNT title, Jesse. I mean, if we're going to get Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland for the TNT title, man, how much has Christian elevated this championship? How much has this story elevated this championship? I mean, now Adam Copeland potentially getting in a feud with Christian over that championship? I mean, I mean
1: what a what a whole what a fucking turnaround that is, man. The guy that we thought was the biggest disappointment of a debut is turning out to be the absolute best thing in his company not named MJF.
0: He's legitimately number 2 under MJF right now as
1: the Love most it. important part of the show. That is fucking Love crazy. It. Shout out to Christian Cage, man. He's yeah. he's He's killing it right now. Yep. I mean, that that's always been the dynamic with uh, with E and C. Edge was the the, the big in ring guy, and uh, Christian was always the the big mic guy. Mm-hmm. Now, Edge is fantastic on the mic, yep. you know, and and Christian Cage is fantastic in the ring, you know. But just one's a little bit better than the other in those respective aspects, and. We're gonna get a little bit of both of that here. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, this is uh, this is great shit. I'm very excited to see what uh, he says on Wednesday, man. Wednesday immediately became a, a must-watch. Dynamite, absolutely. Um, uh, October 10th, I believe uh, the chat said he's wrestling Luchasaurus on that Tuesday uh, night of Champions special. I think it's uh, like a something champion show. It's gonna be a, a big theme show for Dynamite because uh, of the preemption for the MLB playoffs. They're going head-to-head with NXT, so they're gonna load the show up. And uh, I thought tonight was a fantastic pay-per-view, one of the best main events that AEW's ever put on, a huge debut of Adam Copeland, Edge joining the company, one of the best debuts they've ever done, and uh, we got some exciting shit to look forward to, man. You know, we'll we'll see if they bring in Mercedes, we'll see if they bring in Will Ospreay, you know, it's, uh, you know, a new era. He said uh, it's going to be a new era for AEW, I don't know if that meant Adam Copeland or not, but. Listen, man, whatever AEW did tonight is going to transpire and go into Wednesday, man. And I'm fucking, I'm fucking thrilled. This is great shit.
1: Fantastic, man. Yeah.
0: Guys, we are going to get into the Super Chats in just a second. I want to thank you for hanging out with us on the show tonight. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on social media. At JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Thank you for 1,200 likes. On tonight's stream, I didn't even have to tell you, you guys that a thousand. You did it on your own, man. Good job, congratulations, guys! Super chats are open. Get them on in. Memberships are open. Go check out all the content on the channel. Plenty of it. We got a brand new week coming tomorrow. I'll be live after Monday Night Raw. Go to go to
1: Edge's Twitter.
0: Go to Edge's Twitter. Let's let's see. Adam Copeland. Let's see from the desk of. Oh boy, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Do I have to read it all? I'll read it
1: all later. I don't want to. I don't want to bore you guys. Well, fucker, I didn't read it because you said you were gonna read it. So now I want to know what it says. Oh, well, I mean,
0: from the desk of, as some of you may know, I'm no longer with WWE. My new home is AEW. I, I'm excited. Whole new roster. Some familiar faces that I wanted to work with again and a whole new set of first ever matches, new challenges. And if you follow my career, you know, that's what I've been always driven by. But first and foremost, I want to address my 25 years with WWE. I love WWE and appreciate everything the company did for me. Always have, always will. They put me on the map, gave me amazing opportunities and through hard work on both ends. I've supplied with I've been supplied with a wonderful, wonderful life. Hell, WWE helped me meet the woman I'd start my family with. Sometimes relationships just grow apart, and I feel the WWE and I have just outgrown each other. I wanted to do more. They didn't have much more for me to do. Simple as that. And that's okay. I'll still be watching and still be supporting all my friends there. I don't buy into this odd mentality of one company or another. It's weird. If you took offense to that, take a walk, get some fresh air, and soak up some sunshine. It's wrestling, an amazing gig, but still, it's wrestling. Relax. It's supposed to be fun. And it's just a segment of the fans, not most fans, and definitely not the performers. Within the industry, we all know that More Choices is better for everyone and pushes all of us to be better. As a wrestling fan, which I still am, it's exciting that there's viable companies providing wrestling on national and worldwide platforms. If you're actually a fan of wrestling and not acronyms, that should make you happy too. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. If you've appreciated my work, you still can, no matter what the initials are. Because I'll still be busting my ass every time I'm out there. This ride isn't over yet. Just try to have some fun like it should be. Because trust me, I'll be having fun every time I'm out there in an AEW ring. Let's go. So well said. I mean, I I don't know why anybody would uh, go against what he said there. Honestly. So well said. And then the first comment on the thread. Nope. I considered you retired in Toronto, Canada, when you buried Sheamus and buried Finn Balor. <laughs> okay, whatever, man. WWE Korean have buried Sheamus. You fucking idiot, Hexus in his thread. Give me a fucking break, man. Really? They are really butthurt about this. It is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, look, look, look at this guy, traitor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Whatever. Man. God,
0: man. Fucking people. Oh, man, the, the things I wish I could say on here, man, but I can't. It's, it's so fucking I'm ridiculous, what man.
1: Ever.
0: Whatever, man. Super chats. Tan May, 45 months. Tan May says hi. Thank you, Tan May. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Jojo Hilario with a new membership. Thank you, Jojo. Lord J. Coy with a $5 super chat. Got the JD's Elite shirt on and ready for the best fucking podcast in the IWC. Lord J. Coyle, thank you so much, brother. Hopefully, we delivered tonight for you. Krauser, two dollar super chat. Hard to watch these stupid spots, man. Yeah, stop dropping people on their heads. Jesse Morrison with a new membership. Thank you, Jesse Morrison. Drizzy Drew with a four ninety nine. For those people who didn't get Nick Wayne's turn, Darby and his dad had real life issues because he uh, before he passed, which is what they are going with in the story. There you go. Uh, they, they, if that's the case, they need to explain that
1: on TV Wednesday. Uh, no, we still have a lot of shit that happened in that feud that would entirely make Nick Wayne not want to join Christian Cage, though. Yeah. So yeah, they have they got they got a lot of explaining to do. I'm here for it. I want to hear yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, DJ
0: with a four nine nine man. I would never thought I'd see Edge in an AEW ring face to face with Sting. I would love to see people say Edge isn't a draw. I would. L O L. Thank you, DJ. Jedi joke with 28 months. What a main event on this day. Wrestling got real. Hashtag Vince messed up. And they didn't mess up. There's nothing for them, nothing for them to give Edge. What, what, do, you, what do you want him to do? He wanted new opportunities. You let him have new opportunities. AEW was a better fit for him. He made that decision for himself. You can't snide that. Same the same way, same way that Jade Cargill made a decision for herself. She joined
1: WWE because she wanted a WrestleMania main event. There you go. Yeah. it might not even even have been like a a better fit for him it's just that like the man said in this tweet he's done it all in, in wwe he's done it all at some point there is nothing more for you to do but over here there is a shit ton for you to do that's it
0: i don't know man it's gonna be fine i promise you guys it's gonna be fine Scriptkeeper with 26 months. AJ, the awesome show tonight had me on the edge of my seat. I see what you did there, Scriptkeeper. Thank you for 26 months. One-winged Will Will with the six months. Awesome pay-per-view. Danielson is on his goat run. Who would you want to see him go up against? I'd love to see Brian Danielson versus Jay White. And Brian Danielson versus Adam Copeland. Uh, beyond the script of 199, to all the geeks, TK finally, uh, TK got edge. Finally, he did, and uh, there was no doubt in my mind. Joseph Taylor with a ten dollar super chat, Russell Dream, ten out of ten edge in AW. Let's go, JD Jesse. Do we see Mercedes and the grizzled young veterans show up this Wednesday night? Page Strickland, the six man tag TNT title. Brian, Zach, FTR Aussie open matches of the night. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, I don't know when Mercedes shows up. I do think she's coming. I, I don't know when though. I know about
1: that injury, man. We yeah. don't know the severity of. It.
0: Yeah. Um, Hulgram is blocking people in the chat. I wonder why. WWE gets Jade, AEW gets Edge. That's a win for WWE. Uh, yeah, th- th- there's a reason why you're blocked, brother. Goodbye. Uh, Black Wolf yeah. Inc. with a ten dollars super chat. Edge coming out tonight is why pro wrestling is better than most when WWE is hot. AEW raises the bar. When AEW is hot, WWE catches up. But when both sides can deliver in one weekend, magic always happens. Yeah, a, it was a good wrestling weekend, man. I thought NXT did a great job last night. Cool. Dom Wapo with a four ninety nine. Great show tonight, but God, was it long. The only downside to Adam Copeland's AEW debut for me was the lack of surprises due to all the reports. Yeah, but you didn't really know he was showing up.
1: More importantly, you did not have to read the reports. If you had stayed off the internet, you would have had no idea what was going on with Adam Copeland. Stay off X. Stay off the internet. That's, that's your own fault.
0: Kirin of Darkness with a $100 Super Chat. On this day, I see clearly Adam Copeland is all elite. Yes, indeed. Thank you for the 100 Very much, Kirin. Chelsea with 11 months, 18 months. Let's keep it going. I need the gold one milestone unlocked. I'm bartending tonight. Food's on Jesse on this day. I see clearly. Welcome to AEW Edge. Absolutely, Chelsea. Thank you for 18 months. Rage with a 100. I've seen better, better returns. Adam Copeland isn't that great with three devil emojis. WWE got Jed Cargill, which is way better. AEW will never be on WWE's level. Oh, yeah, Charlotte Flair is the greatest wrestler of all time. Wrestle Dream more like Wrestle Nightmare. Okay, so be it. Who? Uh, why isn't she flagged yet, bro? I mean, I don't really understand
1: this. Why is she still drinking at the bar? Oh, rage, you're all is is over the rage, place. Her rage said she's at work, man. She's at work. Yeah, she's not. She's not drinking at night. She's at work. Well,
0: I don't know. You, I don't. I, I call bullshit on that one. My bullshit detector's going off.
1: Yeah, I had to check on her and I saw all these super chats. Like, is she okay? Man, what is going on, Uh,
0: Golden boy with a $5 super chat. Seriously, I just seen tweets. These WWE stands said WWE got a 31 year old rising star and AEW got a washed up 49 year old man. They are big mad.
1: Wow, that's what you call Edge now, you motherfuckers, dude. 49 years old is old? That's how they think of Edge now. Edge, Ed, well, a few weeks ago, he was a legend. Now, this is what they think about him, huh? Jesus Christ. Wow.
0: Man, the fucking... Cow- I'm, about, I'm about to just shut my comments off completely on every fucking tweet I post, man. Wow. Honestly, I-, I swear to I'm about to go rogue. I'm about to just fucking just label my Twitter just uh, only who follows me, man. That's it. Wow. Or only who I follow that, uh, is able to reply. How come
1: they're not calling Pepsi Phil old as, 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 as he... As he- as he's getting ready to try to tuck his tail and go back crawling to join the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club.
0: I don't know. The Wolfness Way with 27 months. I legit woke my entire damn neighborhood up when meddling is played. We watched something truly special tonight. Pro Wrestling is amazing. OTS for life. Wolfness, I jumped off my couch as well, man. Loved it. Missed, uh, it was uh, M. James 2000 with a $5. Uh, They teased Edge perfectly. I haven't felt this excited for AEW since the debut. Brian and Cole are all out. Give us Kenny and Edge. A-S-A-P. Man of a thousand and five holes with 25 months. Incredible show. Such bangers on this pay-per-view. Reddit R, superstars. All elite. Glad to be a VIP on here. Keep killing a JD and OTS. Thank you, man of a thousand and five holes. Emerald Lord with 18 months. Seeing Edge and Christian together in 2023 is wild. I'm so happy for both of them. OTS for life. And yes. Edge is uh, still great, and Christian's doing the best work of his life. AJ with five months. Yes, J.D., Edge is all elite. Great show tonight, top to bottom. Michael Bellin with a two. Thank you, Michael. No message. Tyler with a 199 and a 199. WWE's probably going to fight back with CM Punk. Also, yesterday, my great-grandma passed at the age of 104. Thoughts and prayers to your grandmother, Tyler. And I do believe Punk is going to be with WWE one way or another.
1: I think I just found out the best way that I would book Mercedes to debut in AEW. How? Oh. I would have her, because I saw people complaining about how boring the scrum is and everything like that. I would have Chris Statlander at the next scrum. She was out. She was on tonight's scrum. I'd put her on another scrum and just have her talking about her win. And it's out of the blue... Have Mercedes come attack the holy hell out of her at the scrum. Only at the scrum. Not on the show, but at the scrum. Why? Because it'll make the scrum a little bit more must watch because shit could go down like that. You never fucking know.
0: We will see, man. I think Mercedes is going to end up coming in anyway. So we'll see. Uh, Shop AEW is broken at the moment, says M. James with a $2 super chat. Yeah, Edge released new merchandise, so I'm not surprised. KMG with one hundred super chat. He says, "Great, my show. My main gripe is far too many matches. I'm legit exhausted from so much wrestling. But we got Adam Culpin, which is amazing. Much love, JD and Jesse. KMG, thank you for the one hundred, brother. As always, we love having you here. Frank Morano with ten. I want Adam Culpin to just go out how he wants, not hate. Good for him, finishing a great career with the best with his best friends and being comfortable. Good for him. Frank Morano, you're talking sense and logic, man. I wish most of the community thought the same way you did." Basic with a 499, WWE is truly a part of the corporate machine, whereas AEW's direction could still be impacted by the fans. There is so much room for growth over at AEW. I agree. But uh, who knows if they still listen to us fans. Who knows? Uh, Bory, thank you for the 200, brother. He says, Reddit, our superstar is going to be fun in AEW. His to 16 years of listening and being subscribed to you since the COD days. I remember what you did for me when I was trying to get the word out about my blood disorder. Stay blessed, brother. You, Jesse, and Drew are killing it. Bori, we love you, man. Hope you are well, man. Hope you are very well. Thank you so much, brother. Sarit Mohanty with a super chat here. Is it 100% confirmed that CM Punk is coming to WWE to counter-edge going to AEW? No. I don't know why you would think it's confirmed, Sarit. Uh, WWE will definitely have something bigger after letting go of Edge, and they won't sit silent, is what I feel. I mean, they always do what they need to do. Why are we worried about WWE counteracting this move? I don't really Uh, really get you guys, man. Jesus Christ. Just enjoy the moment. Gerald Davis with a five. Watching from Hawaii. What about Swerve vs. Osprey or Jay White? Sign me up. I don't give a shit. Just throw him in there with that type of talent. Bank self-made with a two. JD, how do you feel about Matt Hardy versus Edge? No. Jesse says no as well. Uh, Kratos with 37 months. Adam Copeland is all elite. Great and tonight. Also, Darby legit needs to chill with some of those bumps before he becomes handicapped. He's a glorified stuntman, bro. I don't even know if he's a pro wrestler anymore. Joseph Taylor says, rest in peace Red Sox legend Tim Wakefield.
1: Yeah, man, it sucks. What happened to Tim Wakefield? Tim Wakefield died, man. Clearly. How? Um, I I saw the headline. I didn't see the cause, but I'll I'll look it up while you go to the next Super chat?
0: Yeah. Michael Bellin with 22 months. Today's my 48th birthday. Thank you, Michael Bellin. Happy birthday, brother. Rage with 36 months. Finally got my OTS, JD Belt. Love you guys, OTS for life. How you doing, Jesse? Awesome. Brain cancer, bro. Oh, my goodness. That's awful. Oh my God. Ugh, Rage. Thank you Rage. thank you, Rage. Billy Saizane with a $5 chat. AJ the next Tuesday. Dynamite. of Rashida. Do we finally see mercedes Monet? Possibly. Maybe. I mean, if you're going to debut or on a show tuesday may be the one man because you know NXT is gonna load up main roster talent on tuesday night man on the developmental show uh wild stallions with seven months my birthday month has started great and on the edge happy birthday brother not yet but happy birthday early birthday michael bellen with a five hey jd and jesse 22 month subscriber today it's my 48th birthday happy birthday michael the Jay Caleb Show with twelve months. Jericho and Omega put over Garcia, Swerve, and Julia during the media scrum. Danny Garcia, Swerve, and Julia. There you go. I mean, young talent, man. You love to see it. Ankle break with a five. Brian and Zack Saber Jr., Mello and Ilya, Becky and Tiffany. Three banging matches this weekend with Edge being all elite as well. AEW and NXT put on two hell of a sh- put on two hell of a show this weekend. Um. Don't forget uh, Swerve and uh, Hangman Page. And Christian versus Darby. We got a lot of bangers this weekend. Phil with 22 months. I had tears in my eyes watching Edge show up in AEW. Nick Wayne's turn was great. Zack Sabre Jr. dancing was incredible. What a night of pro wrestling. Indeed, Phil. Thank you, brother. Uh, Eddie Hazard with 999. I'm here for this Copeland versus Christian feud. Had a group over to watch the pay-per-view. When I tell you, we were all screaming when Adam showed up. Couldn't even need a TV. Great acquisition by AEW. You want the casual fans? There you go, man. Gavin Deeth with a five. Put Wardlow and FTR with MJF first Bullet Club Gold while Adam Cole recovers. Gives Wardlow and FTR something to do. I don't think that's the best use of Wardlow. We've been there. I
1: don't think Wardlow's coming back to TV.
0: Now. No. I think
1: Wardlow's done. golden something must happen backstage between yeah. him and uh, I
0: don't know. Maybe, maybe
1: he... Maybe he uh... Maybe he did something naughty. I don't know. It's just disagreements. You know, who knows? But there's no point in putting him back on TV. It will take eons to get the momentum back that he had and done. Yeah. Uh, Golden Boy with a five. J.D., every time your camera went out, I was
0: waiting for House of Black to be standing behind you. And it did great work, as always. OTS for life. Thank you, Golden Boy. Yeah, my camera's over here. I got to get out of here. Cisco with a $2 super chat. Uh, AEW, please don't drop edge on his head. I hope. I hope not. Uh, Twisted with a 20 months. 20 months just off this pay-per-view main event. Me and my seven friends got tickets to go see Dynamite in Montreal the 6th of December. Good job, JD and Jesse. Thank you, Twisted. That's fucking awesome. Raging Girl Gamer with another 100 bomb. Adam Copeland is old. Tony Khan needs to sign Goldberg, a real wrestler that doesn't injure people and is great to work with. Also, Fastlane is going to be way better than this show. Rage, I'm not even reading the rest of your, uh, your uh, Super Chat.
1: Bro, I was convinced she was, like, having a rough night. I had to check off. Uh,
0: Ray, I don't know. I think Rage is uh, losing her fucking mind. I-, I really do. I don't know. Thank you, Rage, for the uh, generosity, man. Get back to work and stop talking about Goldberg on my stream. Will Chisholm with a five. That's a great idea, but we know that Soraya wants the first match with mercedes Monet. I believe the show will end up on Tuesday. Oh, she will show up on Title Tuesday. Yeah, Title Tuesday. That's what they're calling it. Hollywood Eric with the $10 Super Chats. All those haters out there can bite the big one having Edge and AWs a steal. Of the year, both companies made great deals in Jade and Edge. Shout out to the best tag team in the IWC, J.D. and Jesse. Thank you, Hollywood Eric. Zay the Legend with a four ninety nine. Christian Cage, second pay-per-view main event, then surprises after Mines. Well, put him in the main event every pay-per-view. He worked like it. He worked like the, he deserves to be in the main event every show. Oh, well, we still have an MJF here, bro. Let's relax. I know, I know, I know, I know who's at the top.
1: Uh, what are these guys talking about, man? This this show was not about MJF because he wasn't defending this title, so there was an open spot for a main event. And I think this was a perfect slot in. Perfect.
0: Uh Dr. Evil Genius with a 499. Just watched a clip of Edge's music drop debut while watching your review. Got chills. Congrats to that, man. It was great, man. Alter Bridge is the perfect background soundtrack for Adam Culpin. There's no band better. Phil with a 999. It shouldn't matter what banner Edge falls under as long as he's having fun and can go out there on his own terms. Is that That's what matters most. Don't worry about what WWE does to counteract. Enjoy pro wrestling. Yes, Phil. And Joseph Taylor with a two, J.D. and Jesse. Fuck Bill Goldberg. I'm surprised Bill Goldberg hasn't showed up in AW yet, to be honest with you. Uh, you know what, I'm nobody surprised, Nobody wants him. No. You know what? You know what? I'm surprised by the fact that we're still here. I'm getting the fuck out of here, man. I got got to be up early. Right. Unbelievable. You're already up early. I know. Thank you guys for uh, a great post show, man. Jesse and I are getting out of here. Jesse will not be with me live on Wednesday. I will be flying solo, so hopefully you guys uh, tune in like you usually do on Wednesday. I'll be live tomorrow after Raw. I'll be live Tuesday after... or after nothing, I'm going live with Andrew Baydala on TNT. I'm sure we'll talk about this more. He's got a lot to say. And then Wednesday, I'll be live with uh, myself and not Jesse. So make sure you guys join me uh, for a brand new week of content, man. Gonna be great. Uh, make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys go follow Jesse as well at Shy Town Make sure you go follow uh, us on social. Best way to keep up to date on everything. Go check out the content on the channel. Plenty of it. There's a ton of content over there, especially my second channel, man. We're unboxing Pokemon cards. My camera went out again, man. It's fucking camera, man. Goddamn fucking Sony camera can't stay uh, not heated, huh? Jesus Christ. Fuck's going on here, man. I gotta get out of here. Uh, Guys, thank you so very much. I'm gonna leave you with the fine, uh, melodious guitar tones of Andy James until Monday Night Raw. Enjoy yourself. Adam Copeland's in AEW, and the WWE fans can go kick fucking rocks for all I give a shit, man. I'll see you guys tomorrow.